Oh, we got to get a loop of her instrument. I've got soup. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> oh, such good Foley work on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Horse, how'd you get in here? <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to not just another episode of The Novice and Frank. That's right. We have a lot of friends here with us today. It's another epic Nerd School crossover podcast. Say hello, guys. Hello. hello. Hi. That's right. We're combining forces again for, it's 2018, and there's a lot more superhero movies coming out, which means our work is not done. So we are combining forces with Tim Talk, as well as the podcast of Two Worlds. That's right. And as a matter of fact, we're just getting started this year. It's going to be a great year of lots and lots of superhero movies. We're very excited about it. Today, of course, we are discussing Black Panther. A lot to talk about. Very excited. But uh, I know you guys listening, you know what what you're expecting here. Unless you don't listen to our podcast normally, and then you're going to go, what the hell? Um, but uh, on the Novice and Frank, we usually kick it off with an improvised opening number. Usually, I mean, I think you could say always. Oh, I, you could say that that's kind of our trademark. Yeah, that's absolutely, yeah. So, I, and looking around the room, you just see like everybody just smiling with like anticipation. Like, they're ah, so yes. excited. Cameron uh, off mic had said that he'd been working all over the holidays about like, you know, like. I have a voice coach days? now. Oh, just wow. just see? in preparation for see? this. Wow. Well, that this. is dedication. So uh, we're going to kick it off with our opening number, then we'll go around, we'll introduce everybody so you know who to thank for the song that you just heard. <laughs> for these sweet beats. <laughs> sweet beats. Tasty licks. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Black Panther. Get on just in, Just a little bit. Just, just a little, little bit. bit. Vibranium! <laughs> Frank blowing up the mic hurts everybody's ear holes. Vibranium! Gonna talk about Black Panther. It's the epic movie, maybe of the year. What you guys think about it? Jumping now. It was good. It was great. It was awesome. It was everything to me. We're talking Wakanda. We're talking Claw. We're talking, talking <laughs> soldiers and badass women and cool costumes. We're going to talk about it today on, on the, the Novice and, and Frank. Frank. And also Tim Talk and Podcast of Two Worlds. Wakanda <laughs> Forever! <laughs> All right. That was beautiful. Uh, that was, that really, was beautiful. God, you're so loud. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> for Every time. Uh, it's the world's most powerful metal, we'll so we'll it really should come yeah, in very strong. Yeah. Yeah. It well, resonates. That was the yeah. world's most powerful metal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to equalize later it's on. It's nice to be able to sing the bonus song from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yep. like to just yeah. put it out there. That's right. Yeah. Ryan Coogler reached out to us. Said, hey, Ryan, <laughs> well, you guys are laying down here. We want this on the soundtrack. Well, it's like the, the traditional thing of like the last track is like actually six minutes long so yeah. if you sit in like the minute of silence you get the bonus track waiting for you at the end that's, <laughs> that's what's right. waiting for that's you that's what's waiting yeah. right after the weekend in Kendrick <laughs> that's what's waiting for you uh, <laughs> you're welcome hmm. um, so you've met myself and Frank we host uh, the Novice and Frank comic book podcast we've got of course the podcast of two worlds with Chris Fimbres and Trevor Reese, the only time Chris gets to introduce himself first. Wow. Okay. So he took straight advantage. Let, of that. Let's go ahead and mark uh, how quick that was that a white man had a problem with <laughs> with a minority rising in the ranks. Okay, let's start early. Trevor Reese, white much? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I have no problems with that. <laughs> Great, kicking it off early with race. Cool. Oh, uh, we also have, of course, Tim Talk. 
Oh, no, please, you go first. Uh, with, <laughs> <laughs> with Cameron Dexter. And Chris Lord. That's right. So. And let's give a shout out to the soup. Yes. I'm eating some soup, guys. Yes. How, how, how is it? What kind of soup is it? How is it? Uh, this is a Thai um, slow cooker uh, chicken soup that I made at home. Ooh. Yeah, it's got lemongrass Do you want to share the recipes? Yeah, it's got some uh, some shiitake mushrooms and some uh, bone, some chicken bone broth and chicken thighs and some lemongrass and Could you that. paint us a flavor picture? Like yeah. a flavor profile, would you yeah. say? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd say that it's a, it's a, uh, a modernized twist on a traditional... Thai soup recipe. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Available in the description. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's from a, it's a recipe by Hugh Atchison, who's one of my favorite chefs. That's Patrons get it for free. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, and so, Amanda, you decided to come here and, and join us, of course, for this big crossover episode. And at no point you thought, I should bring soup for everybody. I have soup for everybody. Yeah. Everybody just has to sip out of this little thermos. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna bring tiny cups. Did you like brought some bendy straws though, so we don't have to like. Pass if you it want, around. look, there's and actually a cup like... here. If you want, you can pour yourself some soup and you get into this <laughs> cup and you can take a sip and then just pass the whole thing around. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I'm Pot- sorry, it's chilly outside. I'm enjoying my soup. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't time out right, so I didn't get to eat it at home. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, okay. Look at this. Uh, it wouldn't be the Navs and Frank without a, a nice digression <laughs> about uh, from the topic at hand. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I blame you. Absolutely. I thought you guys had like a soup check-in every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's our hot new segment. It's our right. weekly yep. soup. We do. It's just going to become bits. It's like every yeah. time it's going to be like, all right, improvise theme song. What's in the bag? And then like, what kind of soups a man <laughs> eating is like the hot new uh, hot new take. Yep. Yep. I, I will look for any any reason to go off on a, a delightful tangent. For you, will. Yep. you will. So get ready, guys. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. One. I'm strapped yeah. in. <laughs> That's right. I mean, because Cameron went down to Walt Disney World, guys. No. <laughs> I did. You did, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's the, what, I've not been there, but what's the, what's the Marvel presence like down there? Uh, so uh, fun fact about the Marvel presence there, uh, it doesn't exist. Because of Universal Studios or Yes. Uh, so the, the contract with theme parks and Marvel is everything west of the Mississippi, Marvel owns it. Everything east of the Mississippi, Universal owns it. So Universal Studios has the Hulk ride, the Spider-Man ride, I think a Thor ride. Uh, I don't do roller coasters, so I don't do any of that. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's, it's kind of weird ha- not having it there. In terms, do they actually can they have characters at all in the parks or not? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't see any characters. The only tiny bit of Marvel that I saw in the parks is at Hollywood Studios. Their nighttime show they have an ode to live action movies, uh, and there's a small segment with Guardians and a small segment with Doctor Strange. Oh wow! Just those two? Like yeah. No, no Cap, no Spidey. No, no Thor. I think it's because of. The timing of it when they made this, I think it was right after Strange. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense. The real question is, will we ever see Wakanda at Epcot? I wish oh, that would be amazing. That'd be so cool. <laughs> well, see, that what... was a surprisingly relevant tangent. Thank Frank. you. Yeah, yeah because well I, I could already, I, I, as I made that, I was like, I could see, I could feel just the, the, the <laughs> sorrow in the room. The going, oh, that son of a. <laughs> but all right, at the time. I mean, well, speaking of sorrow, we can yes. really dive into Mission Impossible Six. I feel like. That trailer, uh, <laughs> all out. Yeah, <laughs> that trailer. I don't know, man. I'm kind of digging it. Uh, all right, the Black Panther. That's yes. the whole reason that we're here. Uh, hot takes, real quick, around the room. Uh, what do you think, briefly, and then we'll get more in depth. We'll start with Chris. Oh, I I loved it. Actually, pretty much all positive things to say for a change. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it it blew me away. It it surpassed all of my expectations for it. 
Uh, strongly recommend. It was really awesome. It made me need to go to a gym every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and it's the first, I feel like it's maybe the first superhero movie I've seen in a while, but if they played it immediately right after, I would have just stayed in the theater and watched it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was awesome. It was really fun to watch. It didn't feel like, like it didn't have like usual like lag, like it didn't, and it didn't feel bloated despite introducing an entire country's worth of characters and ideas. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. I thought the pacing of it was awesome. I thought the action was spread out very well, and surprisingly, the humor in it was great and just so well timed. I was just kind of, I was fine. It was fine. I don't know. I, I don't know. And maybe it's the hype. Maybe it's not. But I just came out of there going like, oh, yeah, it was it was fine. Racist. Yep. That's right. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. It's like, Wait a minute. There's way too many. No. I, I a... <laughs> Frank, Frank, just to make you feel more comfortable, I feel like the first question we should ask is, how'd you feel about Martin Freeman's performance? <laughs> <laughs> now we're in my wheelhouse yeah. here. All yep. right. Let's tell you about. <laughs> no, it's uh. Well, because one thing I felt like I uh, I loved Ryan Coogler's work, uh, especially on Creed. I really loved it on that, and the way he approached the boxing sequences and stuff, the way that he filmed them, I thought was so innovative, and kind of was a really fresh take uh, on boxing films. And I was excited to see what he'd do with Black Panther in a, in, a, in a Marvel film. And I felt like a lot of the action sequences weren't that like oh, the fighting and the choreography wasn't that great. And even the one sequence inside the casino, like well, that was cool and a nice like a long tracking shot, but. That was it for in terms of like fighting sequences that really kind of blew me away. Oh, see, I thought it was awesome because for me, I I love the hand to hand combat of it. I thought when they were, um, uh, especially in the very first when they're fighting in the waterfall, the first time there's so much jujitsu, oh, like yeah. he gets him. In, it looks like he's got him in an arm bar over the waterfall. Yeah, and I love that, like just. Just fighting with your fists, drop your weapon. Like I and I love the casino scene, not necessarily because of the choreography per se, but I loved seeing women like fighting realistically, using their heels as weapons, and you know, like she like threw off her wig at somebody. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. You know, I thought that was uh, that was really cool. But, uh, just to back up, though, I guess how familiar were you guys with the character before seeing the movie? Because I think that might have a difference based on you know what your expectations were for the character and for the story. I had pretty much no real exposure to the character. I mean, I've always been more of a DC guy, so a lot of the Marvel characters that I've met through the MCU I haven't really read before, and mm -hmm. so Black Panther's one of them. I only really knew him from Civil War, which, I mean, again, he shows up in a movie that you're excited for, you know, Cap and Iron Man to fight it out, and he just, like, bursts in and is awesome and just completely steals the movie. Mm. So. Yeah, my exposure was, yeah, Civil War, and then a little bit with the um, the, the animated series. What's the, the Marvel... Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Yeah, Earth, yeah, he makes an appearance in Mightiest Heroes and Avengers Assembled. Yes. Uh, and that was really my only uh, knowledge base coming into this. Well, I've, I've like checked in with him here and there. Like, I've read some of his comic. The Probably the last time, like, I read some of uh, uh, Takashi Coates' uh, stuff. But it's good that we started that. <laughs> but probably uh, I read, like, I read uh, Reginald Hud Hudlin's stuff. Like when during the reboot, uh, the, the guy who, uh, who introduced Shuri, like that run, like with John Romita, like I read that and that was really awesome. But like he's never been anyone I've regularly checked in with. Like he's not someone I always sort of dip my toe into. It's just sort of like when I like with this with the lead up, I kind of went back into stuff. But he's never been somebody like, oh, like I'm I'm excited to see what this is. Like so, I just have a more cursory knowledge of him. But like I've I've been exposed to some of the runs, some of the good stuff. Yeah, and I. Probably first really got into the character of Black Panther during during the Illuminati storyline, and just 
I don't know, kind of the way he carried himself amongst the who's who of the Marvel Universe, very much like a king. And I love the relationship between him and Neymar. To me, I, I would love to see that in a future film because it's just basically two kings with just endless pride going mm. at it. Cool. How about you, Frank? Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed the character. And I, uh, whether it would be in the Avengers or the Fantastic Four, and then Christopher Priest did this great run. Um, that I thought really kind of redefined the character, and that's where they introduced uh, uh, Martin Freeman's character there. Uh, Everett Ross. Yes. Ross. So that was the first time he got introduced into the series there as like kind of a liaison when uh, T'Challa was hanging out in the states. So yeah. he is. So he is from the from the comic book run. That yes. character. And in the comics, is that character related to General Ross? Or just, no. Just okay. Because even in the MCU, it's unclear if there's any connection there. Very or not, true. So. Frank, you would probably know this more than me. How much of this is of like the Black Panther mythology that they used like from the past 15 years. Because if Everett Ross was from Priest Run, that was early 2000s. The Dora Milaje, that got introduced in the Priest Run as well, too. Then And then, uh, and Shuri was introduced by Hudlin in yeah. 2005. So it's like, it's like for someone who really didn't have much of an <clears throat> impact or presence in the ultimate uh, line of comics, which is clearly like at this point, like so obviously the foundation of the MCU in terms of the comic book run, it's interesting to see that while Black Panther isn't a part of that, he still lines up with the same timeline of basically the past 18 years of comic books have really been what this character is about. Because I read, like, what, before Christopher Priest, what was, he, like, a defining storyline of his? I mean, I... Uh, yeah, uh, and Don McGregor had some great okay. runs with him too, like Panther's Rage, Panther's Quest. Those are uh, two ones, and and uh, like it, it, he was in a title for a few issues called Jungle Action, and then it spun into his own series. But yeah, he had some really good defining runs there uh, with Rick Butler doing the art back what? in the uh, the seventies. Okay, so he was for the character himself was first introduced in the seventies. Yeah, it was, no. he was introduced in the Fantastic Four by Jack Kirby and uh, Stan Lee. He was actually introduced. Was three months before the actual Black Panther Party formed? Yeah. So it's just like oh. this, like very yeah. So he hmm. predates it. He it's not like a Stanley like trying to like be cool or like make a connection. It's literally just two independent thoughts. But Black Panther, the comic book character, predates him about by a couple months. And is the character so okay? So how, all right. So in the seventies, basically, is the character in the comic books also uh, African? Yes. Okay. He's always been, I mean, the, yeah. the setup that you see in the film is the setup that he's always had at the beginning, the, okay. the king of Wakanda. But uh, he was actually there, I think, Devlin calling him uh, the Cole Panther before. That was one of the other, other names they had for him as well. Hmm. But uh, they went Black Panther. There was a whole, this is, oh, you'll love this. It's sort of a tangent. <laughs> and you'll love it because it's Disney related. <gasps> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Um, so they had, you know, they're all these enamel pins are a big deal right now. And they can do like, mm -hmm. the Disney collectible pins and they make them everywhere. There was a pin that they released that my friend was just at Disney a few, like really like six weeks ago. And it's a Black Panther pin, but it's the Black Panther mask and the skin around the eye hole is a Caucasian colored skin. Uh, and it's okay, like I saw, someone yeah, didn't I saw that. get that memo. It was like, not great. <laughs> Where was quality control on that? Well, maybe. Uh, but that's what kind of made me ask if I was wondering if it was like some, if it was like well, a no, white guy a, in the comic books. I so. mean, there's a cut scene from the film where uh, Everett Ross puts on the mask just for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be yeah, cool. And, that, and so it's a rare, you know, it's a really chase <laughs> Oh, okay, great, great, great. Yes. Super niche pins. That's right. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's always the audience. You gotta go super niche if you want them to buy it. It's all those Martin Freeman fans. Gotta get them. Yeah. Get them. We're, we're small, but we are mighty. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So that kind of gives me some background on the character. Because one thing I did leave with this movie, I wanted to read, the, I want to read the books now. 
I want to know more about all about all of them, about him. I think it, that, and I haven't gotten that from every movie. Mm-hmm. Some movies I walk from, away from, and I'm like, well, that was really fun, but I have what I need. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this one, I'm like, oh, I want to read all the stories. What would be a good place to start in terms of reading say- Black Panther comics? I don't know. For me, I'm a bit kind of biased with the Christopher, Christopher Priest run, and they've collected them in really big, huge trades for those. They're it's on like sale right now in comic right? too. The, 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 like, I mean, yeah. it's also like, the, yeah, because they're like at least like 12 issue, like omnibus size stuff. And yeah. if they did four volumes, I mean, that, he was on it for like, how, like six, seven years? Yeah, because he did, uh, I think, like, almost 60 issues. Yeah, the oh, majority wow. was the, the entirety of his Marvel Knights run, right? Yep. Yeah. It was all him with uh, Mark Bright doing the art, uh, Sal Valetto. A few other was he? He was. Too. He was American based though during that whole run, right? Because yeah. all, all I remember uh, from Christopher Priest's run is the the trench coat look with dual guns. Oh yeah, later on, yeah. So that was. Uh, but this is all like when they first brought him back in that run. He also had like they gave him the cloak back as a regular thing. They gave him like the <laughs> gold claws and the gold necklace as well. So that was kind of a different look for him as well. But they really played up his uh, shrewdness. And his intellect, where he was always kind of like three or four steps ahead of everybody else. Very mm. much kind of like Batman. He always had like mm-hmm. a plan and a contingency for anything that he was going to come up against. Now, wasn't that part of his original introduction, too? Because a friend of mine kind of told me the story of his first appearance in the Fantastic Four. But, but doesn't he basically just show up and just school the Fantastic Four to prove that he can? Yes. <laughs> the, the easiest way to prove how cool somebody is is like, all right, by school and like, uh, like another uh, really cool superhero or group. Like, oh, yeah, if they schooled him, then he must be really cool. I got to like this guy. So when you're the king of Wakanda, man, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. I, For me, I feel like about the film, I'm, I'm torn because it's certainly like there's, uh, for a culture, there's a lot of ritual to it. So, But I also felt like that in ways that kind of got repetitious, and I don't know. No, I would I would agree with that because I've seen it twice now. Um, the second time around, is I- Is it just repetitious because you saw it twice? <laughs> it is, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I've seen this before. <laughs> but no, like, so the second time around, I did find that the-, the kind of end of the second act beginning of the third act did slow down a lot and I don't know what you mean like so they have the the ritual fight at the beginning where he becomes king and then it happens again when Killmonger challenges him and then there's an extended sequence with him and is it M'Baku mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and I found that especially the second time around like I just wanted those to kind of go quickly because I wanted to get on to more of the stuff at, towards the end mm-hmm. but I agree with you because I feel like they had to set up a lot of stuff once so they could pay it off again later but in doing so some stuff did feel a little bit repetitive and this is jumping all the way to the end, but I felt like what felt really repetitious is the uh, at the end of the film where we see him back in Oakland and the young kid comes up to him and says, oh man, who are you? And uh, it just goes to Chadwick Boseman and he's silent he and just then like, we go to credits. He just like smiles. Yeah. Because they, they also do that in the post credit scene. It's the mm-hmm. exact yes. same thing. And I was like, why are yeah. we hitting that same beat <clears throat> and especially so close to each other? Yeah. Because so like that, that, the post credit scene felt, it was almost, it perfectly mirrored the end of Iron Man 1. Yes. Yeah. Of the I am Iron Man. And I was waiting for just the, like, I am Black Panther. Because it, like, it, it did feel a little out of place. I, it, I feel like they shot two endings, and they couldn't decide which one to do to use. Mm. So they just put both of them in. Uh, maybe. That's true. Mm. Well, how do, you, how do you, since, I mean, clearly Marvel has a specific formula with their origin stories. How does this rack up against the other number one Issues, I guess we'll call mm-hmm. them, or like the origin stories, the number ones of of series. I think they handled the the clone villain much better here, because uh, mm, yeah. uh, when we last got together, we all talked about that. Of like, we were we were a little upset that it was just another clone villain, um, 
But to I, clarify, you do not mean a clone of the hero, but a villain who uses like the same powers and yes, weaponry the as dark the double. hero. Yes, yes, yes the, the the dark link. Yes, um, the the Ironmonger, the Yellow Jacket, the mm-hmm. Abomination, Red Skull, Red Skull. Yeah, the Upside Downy, the Doohickey <laughs> Double, yeah. the, the actual clone, Logan. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Really, Michael Keaton remains the only one who's not really a dark devil, but he kind of is. I mean, Loki I mean, yeah, isn't uh, really yeah, a dark devil. Yeah, that's true. He's just, so those he's just also two. an Asgardian. Those yeah. are the two. But also, mm-hmm. like, those are also the two best villains of Marvel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if we had, like, a Mandarin Chris is, is Hemsworth a little... clone on screen with normal Chris Hemsworth, I think the world <laughs> would break. Yeah, it's just, Chris, it's just Thor fighting real Chris Hemsworth. That's right. <laughs> Check back in with me in a few minutes when I stop thinking about this. Um, what I liked about it, I thought like Civil War did a great job of setting up Black Panther that I was really excited. So I felt like this film is almost not necessarily an origin about Black Panther, but just more about the culture and the society. Mm-hmm. I, thought it, I thought it did a really good job of setting up that whole world. I, I did think it was interesting that this is the first, we'll call it, spin-off hero film that hasn't had another one, another hero in there. Right? So even Spider-Man had uh, Iron, Iron Man. Man in there. Even... Thor brought Hulk in too. Like we're seeing a lot of like team pairings going on, almost like they're hedging their bets, being like, okay, well, like Thor the Dark World's into great, so we're gonna go ahead and put Hulk in here just to kind of draw some more people in. And this one was it's just him. There I are love that. there are no Me other too. heroes. It's, it's completely whatsoever. independent. I I've had yeah. uh non-nerdy friends that are like worried and they're asking me, like, can I see this movie without seeing some of the other ones? I'm like, yes, this is a completely independent film. Like there's like three or four references you might miss, but they, they don't really add to the plot. Yeah, so, I, I thought what it did a really cool job of, of, it may not have been necessarily T'Challa's like origin story, but I thought it did a good job of setting up um, T'Chaka and his role as the Black mm, Panther yeah. and the king and the mistakes that he made in kind of holding back Wakanda's like potential almost. And I thought having Killmonger be like the absolute mm-hmm. kind of definition of that, kind of spearheading this thing, made for like a really cool conflict and origin there, story. There's a philosophy called the Hegelian dialectic, and I was very excited that I could finally bring this up into a did conversation. Did you know this before? I did. Okay. Surprisingly, I knew this before, uh, and it's that exact point. It's you don't make your villains evil for the sake of evil. You make them the antithesis of your main character. Mm-hmm. So you have Black Panther who wants to keep Wakanda safe and private. You have Killmonger who wants to use the technology to take over the world. And then you have the synthesis, which is Black Panther using technology to save the world. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, Well, well, I was going to, one thing to uh, toss in, but then to jump in on that, is like it feels like this is an origin of what, the Black Panther means to Wakanda mm-hmm. because it is very much like you see him as like, oh, cool, Black Panther. He's fucking hunting down Bucky. He's like getting into scraps and everything, like watching in Civil War. But this is like, no, Black Panther is actually a much more spiritual, much more warrior based um, figure. And so I like that, like getting the introduction of that. Um, but then what you were talking about the idea of not making the villain. Evil for the sake of evil. He's yeah. just the antithesis to the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I was going to say to that is like I feel like not like um, Black Panther, like um, Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa wasn't necessarily wanting to keep them isolated and private. Yeah, he he was already conflicted with it because he had uh, he had half the party telling him to open up the doors. You had half the party telling him to keep it closed. Um, and I think it was the it was Killmonger 
showing the dark side of it to, mm-hmm. for him to see that there is a brighter side to option B. And we wa- we watched, Chris and I watched Civil War just like literally just going into Black Panther. I kind of feel like T'Chaka was planning on doing that. Mm-hmm. If you kind of look at it, kind of like expecting like this is uh, Wakanda's like coming out party is the Black Panther movie. Like it feels like T'Chaka was going to do that before he dies in that explosion. And so it's just sort of like, that was, some, that was something interesting I hadn't really picked up on in the first viewing, but now sort of looking back at it in the context of what the film w- was eventually going towards, it's just like, I think that's what they were What's planning it? on doing already. Okay. I'll, sort I, of yeah, revealing I'm, it. I think, I don't know, kind of along those lines, I think that this this film, had, you all right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this film had so many themes I think in it, it's so many things that it dealt with, and the material just from a like a topical standpoint was could have been very heavy, and I think it could have weighted down the entire film. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember which which of these we were talking about last, but I was like, God, there were so many. It felt like they were trying to make such a point about things that I kind of got bogged down. It took me off the story. I feel like this one had, to me, a lot of different things going on, and it didn't take me out of the story. The story kept progressing, and not everything was answered. So you had this whole like it wasn't really even good versus evil. In this movie, oh like no! Even which I thought was interesting, like you had these characters, you didn't know exactly. You saw everyone's point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You know, like who was good, who was bad. I think it took. Gosh, it was, it was a while until I thought that the antagonist was really an antagonist. Yeah, I was he, like, oh, I get where he's coming from. I totally I, get it. I feel you like know? he's right. He is, yeah, to an extent. I think that it was more, you know, but I, I, I like the way that everything was handled with kind of a light hand, you know, yeah. that, that you kind of get these shades in there, shades of gray of, of people's belief systems. And you had, you know, this the question of like, well, can you introduce technology and maintain culture? Can you mm-hmm. modernize and still stay true to your roots? You know, um, can, uh, I think there was a tension there even between, you know, the African-American versus the African is with friends mm-hmm. of mine that are, I have friends from Africa and people, friends from that are African-American just that have never been. And there's a tension there, you know, that I can't f- claim to know because that's not my lifestyle, but I've heard that, you know, heard them talk about that a little bit. So I think that the fact they were able to touch on all of these different cornerstones of, of culture now and not let it completely bog down the the story. I don't know. I thought it was really impressive because it doesn't mm-hmm. take much oh, for yeah. me to be like this. This is muddy. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> it. But I thought it was really good. Well, I was my my boss was asking me about it today because I was like, oh, I saw Black Panther over the weekend, um, and so he was s- sort of asking whether or not it's like a like he was sort of playing it as like a MLK. Malcolm X sort of thing, like the the classic mm. Xavier Magneto yeah. path, and it really isn't that. I, I mean, I feel like Killmonger definitely is more of a Malcolm X type figure, but like T'Challa and Wakanda, it feels like the question isn't like peaceful coexistence. It's whether it's they are clearly the most advanced civilization mm-hmm. on the planet, bar none. We saw it; they know it, and if the world saw it, they know it too. And it's sort of the question is. Do you accept that place in the world, like something that you have already earned and whether or not you should take that? Not like, is it about militant or peaceful acceptance of it, but really just like taking what you already are and like accepting that as who you are. Well, it's like, this is working for us. We're small. We trust ourselves. We know Mm -hmm. I don't trust all these people that I don't know with this technology, Mm -hmm. with this power. 
um, you know, you stand on the shoulders of giants. You haven't earned the knowledge for yourselves. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think one of the, the big <laughs> themes of the, <laughs> We're getting heavy here. It's Dr. Ian Malcolm, everybody. Uh, but I thought one of the themes handled very well in it was guilt. Um, T'Challa's guilt for his father leaving a child alone in those conditions um, and guilt of Wakanda for sitting out all of these worldwide atrocities that they well could have prevented or helped in some way. So I think that those feelings of guilt really, I don't know, was kind of built up in, in a pressure cooker towards the end when they just said, fuck it, you know, we have to come out and we have to be part of the world now. Well, mm-hmm. it is this, like, is it, do you take care of just your tribe, mm-hmm. you know, before all others, or do you just take care of your tribe exclusively, mm-hmm. or do you branch out and try to take care of the rest of the world and fix everybody else's problems, which I think is something that, you know, that we struggle with daily. <laughs> I think most no. countries probably yeah. struggle with that daily, you know, but there, it's a it's a political argument on both sides all the time, which is mm-hmm. this idea of like us first, you know. And I think I was just watching John Oliver, and he was saying yeah. like, I don't think any, I don't think any country looks at America and goes, well, what is it? it's just now America first. Right. Like, yeah. Well, there's, there's a very there's a very <laughs> you know? famous quote that I want to share here. Uh, that's uh, I think it goes something like, please put your air mask on before helping children and others around you. Right. Which I feel like is very close to what you're talking about here. Yeah. You think yeah, you haven't traveled a lot on an airplane? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure where it comes from, but I heard this one quote but about putting a. Get... But you understand both sides of it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's you got you do you have to take care of yourself first, but it depends like on where on the spectrum you slide as far as like what you think your responsibilities, your tribe, your group, mm-hmm. your people, what your responsibilities are to them and to yourselves and then to other people. I just mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting and I thought that it was it was nice there wasn't just like an easy answer. No. Right off the well, bat. And you were we were kind of talking about like how like it ends with like the T'Challa smile like who are you and just sort of smiles. Mm-hmm. But it really see, feels like the I am Iron Man moment is Wakanda when that like white guy's like when are we going to learn from a bunch of <laughs> sheep farmers. It's like oh motherfucker like that felt more like it's I am Iron Man mm-hmm. moment, and it is more about this country sort of stepping into the spotlight and and casting aside those fears of 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 the protection of isolation, the protection of being able to take care of yourself, and recognizing their larger place in the world and their ability to um, sort of. Um, take care of any injustices. Mm-hmm. I and also that we saw that twice a little bit. We mm-hmm. saw that at, there at the conference, him not saying anything. And we also saw that again. I, you mentioned kind of the repetition of the scene at the end with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just want him to say something one of those times. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like the solemn silence to me felt a little weird. It did. It felt like they just didn't know what line to write. Yeah. Because right. he there. couldn't be, they, like they were setting up that I am Iron Man moment, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a line as punchy as that, nor did they have a, an amazing song by the same name that just jump into right <laughs> yeah, at that moment sure. to really just drive the point home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was weird that they did have that moment of silence twice. Mm-hmm. It's kinda it's like a like a knowing wink almost to the audience right well, back to back. I'm wondering if that's a concession of uh, the Marvel concession of that that moments being punted to Avengers. Well, because it very yeah. cl- very clearly from the previews we've seen, Wakanda factors very heavily into oh, Avengers yeah. Infinity War. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the mm-hmm. the trailer. I mean, because I, I went back and rewatched the Infinity trailer, trying to see like who I recognize now that I've seen the movie. And so Akoya is charging into battle with the rest ahead of the event. Ahead of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ahead of the Hulk. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. she's earned that because she's fucking badass. She's, badass. <laughs> she's the best. 
Yeah, like I think that was another aspect of this that I I loved was it's it's interesting that Marvel seems to kind of have their finger on the pulse in a lot of ways. So obviously Wonder Woman came first in terms of like really putting like a, a badass woman on screen and be like, oh yeah, she, not only is she able to go toe to toe, but she's the superior <clears throat> to all the men around here. And then this comes along right after it and does the same thing. Like, the, yeah, the the discussion I had with somebody is that I feel as though. Um, Marvel has really embraced diversity mm-hmm. in their films and in their comics with Miles Morales and you know with these they they have full <laughs> on embraced it yeah. and they've used it to their advantage and played it as a strength. They've reached out to audiences that maybe they would that wouldn't have been coming to see these movies. I feel like DC is dragging their feet. Yeah. I feel like DC hit gold with Wonder Woman. They had an amazing director and everybody was like, "Yes." And then they took two steps backwards with Justice League. Mm-hmm. Even only just, two. Wow. I'm yeah, being, you, you know what I mean? Generous. Like, I think that they they did. They took a leap forward, and I think that's great. And I'm so happy and appreciative for that. But but then you go in Justice League, and not even just like, and I'm like, all right, I don't think that like Patty Jenkins should direct everything now. I get it, but yeah. it's like, but, but why did you alter what worked? Why did you change the the, the costumes on Themyscira? Why did you yeah. shoot them the way that you did instead of just sticking with the way that they did in Wonder Woman, which worked and sold tickets and made money? And this thing has broken so many records. Oh, and it's I'm psyched, crazy. And yeah. for me, I'm just happy. I'm happy for it because it was a good film, but also. Um, just because I think it's 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 meaningful, and I love that Marvel is embracing that, and it's like about time, man. Like, geez, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, no, I you're, read you're in right. interviews that the Russo brothers actually uh, contacted Ryan Coogler when they were writing the Black Panther scenes for Civil War, so they had the dude who was going to direct the solo film, and I don't know if they did that with Patty Jenkins. I. I don't think they did, and you know, Amanda, to your point about how Marvel's been embracing like little diversity in terms of who they put on screen with their comics. Mm-hmm. I think they're also embracing that in, from the filmmaking perspective mm-hmm. too. I mean, like part of the problem was is you have Patty Jenkins come in, she does her very own distinct thing, and then we're doing another Zack Snyder movie, and so obviously he like Zack Snyderizes. Like even Wonder Woman, who's amazing in her own movie, was terrible in Justice League, and it was just like, hey, look, she has a butt. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, she also has a sword. It like, alternates we, between ass shots and mom reactions. Yeah. yeah. It's basically how he distills Wonder Woman. Yeah. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that podcast, <laughs> you'll find it in, in any yeah. of our lineups. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. but And I think that's one of the things with Marvel in just terms of how they're structuring their whole cinematic universe is they're trusting, their, they're trusting the diversity of their own filmmakers. And I, I feel like Ryan Coogler maybe more so than even a lot of the other people got the most runway to do whatever he wanted. The fact that, again, it's just Black Panther. So there are heroes in there. It's his own worlds. There's really only just like kind of tenuous connections to everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're like, yeah, we, we trust you to just do something great and go what with it. What also shows that like, because like, I was thinking, I, I was reading like Hollywood Reporter kind of talking about that, that same sort of idea. And I was thinking about it, it's like, I think it's just because for necessity or whatever reason, um, through the history, like Black Panther just has been his own isolated character. Mm-hmm. Like he appeared in Fantastic Four, but for whatever reason, they really built up his world. Whereas like Iron Man, a lot of other Marvel characters are dependent on other Marvel characters yeah. for their supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Black Panther's ever really had that problem. Like, he's sort of like a Peter Parker Spider-Man character in the sense that they really made sure to focus in on his supporting cast internal to him and not making sure he's a part of this larger tapestry, which is why he was kind of overlooked for, it feels like, for a while in terms of, like, cool moments. And, like, he really didn't pop to, like, Chris, you mentioned, like, the Illuminati stuff and then, like, the Black Panther storm wedding. And it really wasn't until, like, 2000s that he started becoming a more integrated 
character in this and not just the token black guy in the background with <laughs> Luke Cage. Um, like they, they, they just built up his world. I mean, he won a slice of uh, an orb in Contest of Champions, guys. So, Ooh. you know, he beat out he beat out Wolverine. So just remember that, guys. <laughs> Chris oh, just shook yes. his head in disappointment. <laughs> Chris Vembrez is so torn right now. That's right. Hearing that T'Challa bested Wolverine. <laughs> uh, now with Killmonger, I understand why the Logan poster had fallen when we walked yeah, in. Yeah, we, we came in. The Logan poster was down. I wasn't How sure why. Dare they. How oh, symbolic. Oh man. I don't know. It I had to go right back up. I so. you're with me to the restroom. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like, with Killmonger. I mean, I like the idea, like, him having a, a, a very valid point of view, but I also wonder about the execution of it as well, because mm-hmm. he's slow played for a lot of the film. Uh, and even, I still don't understand the beat of him. It seems like he's trying to uh, pull a fast one on Claw with the uh, idea of, like, hey, take me back to Wakanda. But he also kills him before he actually goes back to Wakanda. Right? And he How still does he know there. where it is? That yeah. was that. Well, in they showed a map when he found his yeah. dad's thing. His dad. Oh, that's there was a like a um. Oh gosh, what was it called? This degrees west. This degrees right. Compass. La- latitude and longitude. Latitude and longitude. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so he found that with like a map. So I figured. But I also thought that would that caught me up too. I was like, you just killed your pilot. How are you gonna? Okay, well, he's mm-hmm. a vet, so I'm like, maybe he can fly a yeah. plane, but also, like, that's very specific flying. That was, uh, and why did he say, take me there, if he could have just gone there? Because even in the museum before, he's like, oh, why did you kill a guy? I felt like he was, like, kind of put off by, like, the unnecessary use of violence, but mm-hmm. then I was like, no, this guy is a man who, I mean, he has killed many a people to get what he wants, so I don't know why he's trying to pull a fast one on Claw. Yeah. And then why do they make it look like it, that he was all attached to his girlfriend? If like there was not even <laughs> not even a tear shed, like nothing. He's like meh. Well, he's he's. Telling, but. Uh, I was talking to someone this morning about it, and he is a master manipulator. Uh, like he, his role is to go into governments and shut down, shut down everything. Very true. And that is an aspect that I really think they downplayed because Claw says it three or four times before he gets shot, and I think that's like that is something that I wish they would have jumped into a little more when he had. Uh, been in charge of Wakanda. Well, what's the white guy? Uh, Everett Ross. Yeah. Nope. Other. Claw. 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 No, the guy. Gollum. The the, the it, government it, agent, the CIA. Everett Ross. Everett Ross. Everett Ross. Oh, Everett Ross. Sorry, you all said it. Are you sure it's Everett Ross? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Henry he, Guyrich. He yes. <laughs> he talked about it though. I mean, he made a point of saying like that's what this guy does. Yeah, right? but but the only thing that he really does when he's in charge is like just send weapons out. Well, it felt like he... And I would have loved he, a more manipulative aspect of it where he's like, you you do see him uh, take advantage of the emotional distraught of the, what's his name? The the guy in charge Everett of the Ross. armory. No. Oh. <laughs> Gollum. Um, uh, oh, uh, Daniel Kailua's character? Yeah, the, the friend. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's in charge of the, the awesome rhinos. Mm-hmm. You do see him take advantage of that emotional manipulation where he uses... Like, he knows someone here was affected by Claw. Show him a body. He will take me to who I need to see. So he picked the right... Yeah, it it felt like they just gave him lip service to a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And Michael B. Jordan didn't play that. Like, I felt like Michael B. Jordan played a pretty straight villain, and then they put window dressing onto it of, like, the the exposition of, like, oh, he destabilizes government. But then also that scene he had with Sterling K. Brown with his dad, Mm -hmm. like, as he's doing, and, like, the King's Vision thing. I love that. Yeah. Like, really seeing where he is emotionally, but I wish they would have brought that 
into the actual, it didn't feel like they really brought that into Michael B. Jordan's performance moving forward. We just acknowledged that it's there, but then he remained a like hard and badass. He's got all these scars because he killed so many people. Yeah, yeah, it, af- yeah it affected uh, it affected the the antagonist, but not the protagonist under the exact same circumstances. Yeah, hmm. like when yeah. He, you know when he came out of it the first time, <clears throat> uh, T'Challa. 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 When he came out of it the first time, you know, you, the ancestral it, you, plane. The ancestral plane. Yeah. When he first came out of that, it did. It's. It felt like it shifted him a little bit, and he like, in that I felt like had it resonated with him, and he like sort of carried it off. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the second time it happened, it didn't. You're right. It didn't have an effect that Steve was like, oh, that was weird. And mm-hmm. then he just was like, well, well, back to everything. Yeah. Burn everything down. Yeah. Uh-huh. With T'Challa, it like gave him confidence as king, mm-hmm. and it would have been nice for like. Like, you know Killmonger had this goal to, like, when he does see his dad again, maybe that would, like, waver him a bit of, like, maybe I do see the, their point now. Um, but then when he does, like, come out of it, he, like, he, you know, like snaps him back into, like, mm-hmm. these people still killed my dad. I think he's he's too far gone yeah. down that path. He's just too damn angry. Um, but it's, like, his personal loss, but just, like, the broader, like, societal loss and that he he really genuinely believes that this is the only way to go. I don't think there was any room for him to backpedal. Yeah, now, all it took was a spear to the chest for him to realize his wrongs. Yeah, well, even then he didn't he really, really. He, he, never, yeah. like, he never capitulated, like he never backed down. Like I would agree that he, they, we give him a lot of like background and then from that point on he basically, especially the, the final battle, he is borderline mustache royally just in terms of like his motivations, what he's going for. But I think in general though, they have like kind of fixed their villain problem. And what do you guys think? I mean, the last year we've been getting Vulture, Hela, and now Killmonger. I feel like those are three contenders for really strong villains we haven't seen since Loki, basically. I, I wish. What, what do you guys think about I that? I wish they had made it a little bit more. They gave him such a great point of view to have coming in, and I wish it hadn't been just so ramped up to like, I'm just a arch bad guy. Mm-hmm. I wish it would have carried through. Like we've been saying before that, there would just been a little bit more, some of those shades had carried through. I felt it would have made it stronger at the end. So I, I feel like he, I liked it, and then I was kind of let down by it by the end of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, a, it was an unconventional way of looking because it was probably the most understanding we felt towards a villain, mm-hmm. basically in all the Marvel series. Like, like Michael Keaton, yeah, kind of. Um, Loki, yeah, kind of. They're sympathetic, but in terms of their point of view, I don't really like understand, like agree yeah, with this it. The one way I, I got. I, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, he's got a point for sure. But I think the fact that it has to eventually fit into the round hole that is the bad guy fight mm-hmm. at the end that they just sort of had to breeze past it. I feel is the ultimate failing well, the, of um, it. Another thing is the other characters' conflict to this because you see, uh, not Shuri, who's the the badass girl. Akoya, Akoya, yeah, uh, where she has the the talk of like, I serve the throne, yeah. I can't run away with you, but then immediately turns on him. Um, like I wish because the king has returned. Yeah, well, yeah, and then yeah. you're breaking tradition. You're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, the, 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 yeah, the you challenge. can't interrupt. Yeah, the challenge isn't over. I can't interrupt. Yeah, um, I liked that though. I like that she stuck to her. I like that she stuck to her post, mm-hmm. you know, because she's just she's a general like above. Yeah, just you know, because I don't like it doesn't mean right. I, I can abandon and, what I do. And like you know, despite everything, that other he it is argue, and this is why I'm saying like there were some shades there which I really dug, but like he did kind of fair and square get the if if he if the other if the actual king had died, the new king would have taken the the throne mm-hmm. fair and square. 
yeah. mm-hmm. voted. You know what I yeah. mean by so it's not like that's like I like that the um, the guy that stepped in to help the big the bar- big guys that bark. Yeah, I like it when he's like, it sounds like it wasn't a murder. It sounds like yeah. it was a defeat. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was I'm glad that they made a point to to point that out and, mm-hmm. and to state that. So I I think that she said she's like, well, he's my king. like, that's, that's my job. You know, it's my whole job. So, well, Frank, you just gave us three people to sort of uh, value and judge um, in terms of their strengths. Um, who was the strongest, most badass woman? We got oh. Okoya, we got uh, Nakia, and we got Sherry. It's just like, those three women were fucking fantastic throughout, badass throughout. We meet Nakia, and she's undercover of being kidnapped by some, like, Boko Haram fucking mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. group. And then Sherry's just badass throughout. Yeah, she's yeah. Ba- oh, smarter mm-hmm. than Tony Stark, is what uh, the producers are saying. Mm-hmm. And then Okoya, Denai Guerrero. Like bald, so badass, awesome. without any Black Panther super soldier serum, flipped off the hood of a car and landed and and like snowboarded that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm leaning more towards Shuri. I kind of like. Oh, you know, I love Shuri. Yeah, I, that, that I, really yeah, cool. I think she. Uh, it's hard to say who. You know, she jumps on one of the posts that I saw. I was like, you know, Shuri jumps on on like. Video games and just calls everyone she beats a colonizer. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I think I feel like Shuri got. I can't even say like the best moments. I think she like stole the show the most because she she's also hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was well placed though. I didn't feel. Yeah. Like, I felt oh like yeah. It was, you knew immediately what type of character she was, and I think it stayed consistent. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of times when they try to do this comic relief in these movies, it's either done really hokey mm-hmm. or it doesn't suit the. It doesn't serve the greater film and it doesn't feel consistent and I thought she was consistent throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great dynamic brilliant. that big brother little sister thing. Yeah. Is oh yeah, it was really perfect. Well. Yeah, it was really really good. What um, are those shoes? I, 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 d- I mean, Oh my god. Those were cool. There were yeah. <laughs> there was a group of of like I would say like 8 to 10 year olds in front of us uh and when they when she did the what are those lines those kids just flipped out. <laughs> they were just like that's what we say. <laughs> they said what we say in a movie. <laughs> And just we just lost it. That's it's, awesome. Sneakers. It's such a great joke. Oh, this yeah, I love the sneakers. Solid. Yeah. yeah, but I, I I think Akoya got so many moments to be a total badass, like the the casino fight, which is my favorite sequence. But I think for me, her best moment though is at the end when she just stands down. Um, Wakabi, I looked him up on the rhino, and she just stands there, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, are you gonna kill me? Yes." Yeah. I will kill you. Like yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, stop this. Says, and yeah. he has like, I, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're I, right. I, I gotta stop. I, like, no, no one has talked. I haven't heard, seen anybody talk about this yet, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet. But this is something. Angela that, hot scoop. Oh, Angela Bassett. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh gosh. So great. Uh, but no, they are. The ladies are driving the car. Denai is driving the car, barefoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, that's amazing. I have seen, I mean, like Mission Impossible, all these movies where you've got like ladies in evening wear and they're all, and they step into these hot cars and they drive the hot cars. Bond movies, I have never seen one drive barefoot and it made my life. Cause they, and at the first time I saw it, I was like, is that, did they show that? And then they came back and it was again and I was like, that is amazing because that's how we drive. If we have to drive in, like if it's an event or whatever and we have to leave and we've got to drive a long way, we take our fucking heels off and you, that's you how we do it. You don't your foot on the I, I mean, I can, but it's not a <laughs> good way to drive if you're wearing well, high heels uh, and so I was just like it was such a I, it shouldn't I don't know uh, it, the, it made my life better it gave me life the, the director made a, a short 
explaining a fight scene a few days ago. It came yeah, out. Yeah, so he basically goes through and breaks down the whole casino fight. And mm-hmm. one of the things he's talking about was like kind of weaponized femininity and specifically with Nakia's character. Mm-hmm. Like that she would, you know, she's a spy. So she knows how to like make weapons out of anything. Mm-hmm. So whereas Akoya is like a traditional fighter, she only uses her spear. Nakia will like grab a guy, slam him into a table, use his gun, take her heel off smacks one across the face with it because she'll use whatever's around her mm-hmm. to be effective. And it's smart because you do, you know, there are two, that's just a smart way of building character and, and choreography because there are two women who are from the same place, but they're very different personalities. They have different jobs. They're going to come at that in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would have been easy, and you see that reflected in their fight style. Yeah. You it's know? also fucking so ex- exciting to not see the Scar Joe Black Widow mm-hmm. die whip oh, around Oh, thing. yeah. The, like, that's like the traditional women fighting style yeah. now. We like to get real close to the ground and just swing our legs yeah. around. Yeah, swing your legs around. Like yeah. Yeah. It, like yeah. It's, yeah, like it's a, a what, skip it. Yeah. <laughs> all, playing, oh my it. god, yes. Yeah. We, all just, we all when we you know it, at night after we moisturize our delicate faces, we just do we just whip it our legs around just in case and that's yeah. our only trick. <laughs> the only move do. you have now. It's yeah. The only move we have. Yes. Yeah. No, because well, you have to perfect it in all that in all the tight clothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to make sure every part of you looks good. That's the worst part is it's like I get in my pajamas and I wash my face and I moisturize and then I'm like, fuck, I forgot to do my whippets. So then I have to take yeah. it all off and to put on my bodysuit, yeah. my lace Yeah, get into that, that leather cat suit. And my heels. Yeah. And then I got to whip it my leg around. And, it's, uh, it's really yeah. just a hassle. It's just, yeah. It's just a lot of work. Know. This is why I always look tired, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are uh, to go back uh, to our gentleman for a moment here. There are two kind of points in towards <laughs> oh, I'm the sorry, <laughs> yeah. pardon me. Have this women man, talk, been, man. Sorry, man. We've been spending too much time talking about women. Can we? Yeah. Can we jump Let's back here? Okay, Frank, talk about Everett Ross some more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he just was, you know, man, just such a. Good he really point was today. the hero, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like as mentioned, like Wakabi, uh, where I felt like at the beginning of the film, and we touched by that a little bit, where he's talking with T'Challa. And uh, about uh, the refugee situation. It's like if you invite refugees in, you also invite all their problems. Mm-hmm. And if you want us to go out and fight, we'll do if you say that. But uh, we maybe you should just kind of keep us more secluded. And I didn't know if I, I felt like his flip mm-hmm. with uh, all of a sudden like Claw comes in. It, well, the fact that he's so mad at T'Challa about Claw, like like he let him go. It's like, no, he got away. It wasn't like I was trying. It was like I wasn't trying to capture him. But I felt like his flip was so fast. Mm-hmm. I felt like maybe there'd been a scene or an exchange earlier on that had been cut for time or something. But that I agree with you. Yeah. I actually do agree with you. I was like, oh, oh man, he's going to... been tough for you to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, Sorry, he... I'm just going to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I no, I do. I, I think that... Um, that Well, now, if you took all the steam out of what I was going to say... <laughs> Joke. Well, he, uh, yeah, I agree. That's the the biggest thing is that I just I I I thought that it was a little strange because they're like best friend, like mm-hmm. best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he's like, oh, I thought things were not good under your father, and I thought they were gonna change. I was like, oh, I I guess I thought things were good under his father because mm-hmm. everybody seemed happy with with that. So, I think it was I just know. the the claw side of it because it sounds like he didn't even try to go after claw, and so I think the turn wasn't that like he let him go. It was just like oh. You're still not trying, Am and I? so then you have Killmonger come in with the body. He's like, "This guy can, this guy can do what my friend can't," hmm. and that's still kind of a loose thing. But I, I, I think it, it, it makes me feel like it, it. There's something a little more there. Hmm. Well, it felt like 
really that was that relationship and the flip was there to be a mirror to the Mbaku stuff. And the fact that he was the guy who made it, made it the only other person to challenge T'Challa. Um, but then when the chips are down, he like rose up. He's like, no, I'm Wakandan first. Like he, he's rose up and respected him when we were sort of expecting him to kind of be a douchebag. And then the friend, the nice, uh, attractive guy friend, he turns to be a douchebag. Like, I felt like that's really what it was. It was mainly you're supposed to get it from the juxtaposition as opposed to what you're right, like actually building it up in and of itself. Um, I, I had something else I wanted to bring up. Blame well, Frank. Yeah, that's right. Freaking God. Frank. Well, the Damn other, Frank. It, it, tying into that too, I felt like there was that beat there in the, the throne room where, where uh, Killmonger shows up and Natalia's already in on who he is. And so there's that unnecessary beat where... He comes up, he goes, uh, you know, just take him away. He's ask me my name, ask me my name. Say it, yeah, ask yeah, my name. Yeah, and he, T'Challa just comes up to him and then says no, send him away. It's like, it seems so weird. I don't know why T'Challa, who already was frustrated about learning about this truth, that he would not want to just come clean with everything and just air out every kind of bit of dirty laundry about this whole past situation. Mm-hmm. Well, because he doesn't want to have his dad reflected poorly. He hasn't, I don't think he's decided how he feels about it in that moment. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he. Mm. I think he's feeling like guilty about carrying on like the mistakes of his father and does it he doesn't want everyone to know how fucked up this whole situation is and he's he's basically just like trying to in the moment sweep it under the rug but yeah. the problem he's is just trying to save face before he knows how to yeah i don't think yeah i don't think he knows exactly even like how to feel about it cuz he's cuz it's you know when they when it's revealed which is pretty quick after that it's pretty clear that everybody's like what the fuck like yeah. it, i mean you know. it's like literally like two sentences later where right. it's like well, why did we go through that beat? Right, well, mm-hmm. to show that he didn't do the right thing. It just adds fuel to the fire of, you know... Let's get rid of that gun, that uh, son of a bitch. Uh, are, are heroes supposed to be flawed, Frank? They're supposed to make mistakes? <laughs> he's the king. Everett man. Ross yeah. didn't make a single mistake <laughs> right. in this movie. Yeah. He did not. He flew That's why he's plane. the hero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, one thing I, I do want to talk about, my, my favorite aspect... Maybe not the favorite, but one of the things I love most about this movie, it's a goddamn James Bond movie. It is, yeah. Like, there's an actual scene where he goes into Shuri's lab, and it's, like, him visiting Q Lab, like, Q Branch, and then he goes off on the mission, and it's set in a casino, and there's a whole fight. I was losing my shit about the fact that it was basically just a, a James Bond movie, but a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. It's so... Oh, it's well, again, it, and so it continues... It tradi- that continues... The, the success of comic book movies now where, like, because Zack Snyder really just made traditional, like, DC, except for Wonder Woman, had just keep making traditional superhero movies. Yeah. And now Marvel, really Marvel properties because of Logan and then what we see with the X-Men uh, movie coming out um, with uh, the New Mutants and it's going to basically be a horror movie. We see that now it's churning genres it, filtering genres through superheroes. Because, um, yeah, this is a spy movie. The yeah. Cap um, Winter Soldier was like a political thriller, like a 70s political thriller. Logan's a Western. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's basically a high school movie. Like, it's basically a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. And so now all the success of Marvel is coming from spinning genre to their, to their form. Yeah. This is, movie is almost like undefinable genre wise. Yeah, it's a James Bond movie, but it's this like Shakespearean family drama. I mean, there's tons of political elements to it because it's our first time that we have a hero who's also a politician. He's a king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a little bit of everything and it just it 
it, it was interesting too because in that same video breakdown that Cameron mentioned, Ryan Coogler was talking about has a big theme about like tradition versus innovation. And I feel like that the whole movie is just centered around that because it is a, a yeah. society that is both the most advanced in the world but also really grounded, like unashamedly grounded in its own culture and its own tradition. And that they, for the most part, that society has found a way to to walk both those lines, like walk that like. Mm-hmm. What, what, is, really what, what word would you use to describe that society? I'm going to let you do that, Cameron, because you actually <laughs> did the research on this. There's a <laughs> I had two things I had to I, I got to bring up in this. Um, Where's this level of involvement when we're doing our podcast? I don't I don't hear you like doing really fancy research on this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we make him feel more welcome than you do. Yeah, Chris. Whoa. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a, 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 a kind of philosophy that popped up in the early 90s called Afrofuturism, uh, which is a really cool, which we see a little bit in the movie, and I wish we got to see it a little bit more, which is the idea of taking a, a, a futuristic society from African origins. Um and it's it's such a cool concept because I was always a big fan of retrofuturism, which is the like taking things from the '50s and putting them in the future, or things from the past and, and idealizing the future version of them. But this is such a cool and unique niche that not really many people know about, and it's such a cool design that I really wish they jumped into it a little bit more. Also, I wonder how many people are going to get that tattoo, the the lip oh. tattoo. Not <laughs> oh, this movie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Chris, don't. <laughs> no, I, I would not. No, that would be that would that's I'm no. No, let's all, why don't we all six of us do it right after the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, next door, like the yeah. one really next door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like my my Chris ha- uh, has hasn't had a chance to really talk about the fact that Oakland. Figure so prominently into this, <laughs> guys. It's it's, it's officially mm-hmm. canon. Too short exists in the MCU. Man, they opened up with the the playing basketball and the two uh, with the two short song playing in the background. That's basically what my childhood was. So, and just the fact that they featured Oakland because I'm a Raider fan. I've been going to Oakland since I was a kid to go watch games. So I know Oakland, or at least the area around the stadium. Um, so it was really fucking cool to see them do that and. Having them in there and having that be like his U.S. base of operations just fucking blows my mind. And I, it just, I know we're going to see it in future movies, but now I'm thinking that maybe there could be a time where we get the West Coast Avengers. Oh. Ant-Man's across the bay. I didn't even think about oh, that. That's cool. Yeah. I love the kid who's like, it's like a Bugatti spaceship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to rob this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you take the wheels yeah, we're going to take this it. apart. Yeah. I mean, they've lost the Raiders guys in, in another couple of years, so they're going to move into Vegas, so they need something. So mm-hmm. Wakanda didn't. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, Chris, am I wrong? He's, he's he's silver and black. He's Black Panther is Raiders colors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, shit. he's going to build them the stadium that they always wanted, and they're going to end up staying in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> So that, in Marvel, that's where the world diverges ever yeah. so slightly. Yeah, so in Multiverse. the MCU, there will too. never be a Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> because right. T'Challa has arrived. <laughs> yeah, and all the ways that his uh, announcement of Wakanda the world is going to make a big impact, the number one is going to be the Raiders stay in Oakland. <laughs> well, he's just like, oh, Jay-Z, fuck you with your nets. I'm buying the Raiders <laughs> straight is, up. No fucking partners, no nothing. They're yeah. mine. This is Civil War Part Two, where Iron Man and Black and Black Panther are fighting over sports teams. <laughs> oh, okay, because yeah, Iron Man is the color of the the um, the Niners. Uh, so, that's right. oh. Oh. 
Uh, but I would go back to what you're saying, Trevor, where I feel like it, it was necessary for Marvel. If they wanted to continue going, that they needed to start uh, changing the way they told the stories and also letting the directors have more of their kind of creative touches in there as well. Well, and I'm excited because it's like, I've been watching, like, after Guardians 2, I, I sort of refined my eye for Guardians 1 mm -hmm. and just how much that was more of a studio product than what Guardians 2 was. Um, because it, Guardians 2 has a much more lived-in thing. It is much, James Gunn got the freedom to lean into his ideas a lot more. And I'm very excited to see what Coogler's going to get like how how we're gonna see Black Panther two as a more lived in, more fully realized film, and that's mostly what I kind of left excited. Like, damn, this is fucking good. Now that we have it, everything introduced, Avengers is gonna take um, care of establishing Wakanda's place in the world, and then we'll just get to hit the ground running with Coogler having the like the studio has like the utmost faith in him. Now he just delivered a two hundred thirty four million dollar four day weekend. Yeah, it's like yeah. damn. It's you checks written, man. Go do whatever you want. And so, getting to see that—that's what like really like when I left the theater. I was more excited. It's like now we can see a, a much more fleshed out, fully developed part two. Mm. That's gonna be insane. So, where do you guys think things go in terms of Wakanda and the rest of MCU from here? So, obviously, we know that a good part of Infinity War is gonna be set there. But what do you think the implications are gonna be in terms of how this? Because this might be the biggest shakeup in the MCU. I'd say even beyond like the Shield Hydra revelation, because this changes the whole world. So where can, do you, where do you think the world goes at this point? Can I also say that I still don't really know what to expect from Infinity War? Mm -hmm. No, I don't either. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited. I don't have a lot of guesses, but I'm I'm excited to hear what. Uh, well, I mean, maybe maybe beyond just like how this ties into the Infinity War, but like, what do you think will happen to the the broader world? Like, what do you think the implication of a uh, place like Wakanda appearing in that universe. I can't wait for Tony too. to meet Shuri. Oh, I know. I can't wait for that either. I just get completely schooled mm -hmm. by her. Oh, yeah. Well, I want him to guys, mentor her. <laughs> if you guys watched yeah. the last Infinity War trailer, it shows Tony Stark's armor kind of form around him without like any oh, heavy pieces oh, to it. Maybe yeah. that's that Wakandan tech wow. introduced to the world. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. You love yes. suits, Frank. I, I don't know. So I kind of want to know what you thought about the suit, but uh, yeah. And I want to get back to your question. I don't want to derail everything, Chris, but the well, fashion, everybody. We oh, Can we discuss yeah. the fashion for like a hot sec? Oh. It's, oh, it's so Beautiful. Good. And oh. I have seen so many people that I know do not, first of all, don't even usually go to cons already planning their outfits mm -hmm. for, for cons this upcoming year, which I think is very cool. Well, even just the casual, we'll, we'll jump to, to, to the real question in a minute, but even just the casual wear around this movie, mm -hmm. when we walked out of the theater, there was a lot, we went to Arclight, and there was a huge group outside of the the Black Panther exhibit, all in these like awesome African, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, just like that. casual t-shirts, and I walked into Box Lunch, uh, that sells all of the like nerdy apparel, and mm -hmm. there's a whole section of just this awesome tribal uh, like shirts and tank tops, mm -hmm. and seeing people with like face paint on and in the theater was so cool. Yeah, and, yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna dress up as, Amanda? For con for the con? Yeah, for Black Panther. Oh, from Black Panther. Yes. Um, I'm gonna be a panther. I love it. Hmm. Oh, just a great. furry panther. Well, the rest of us are all going as Everett Ross. Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you yeah. know it. Uh, no, listen, this is a reminder to everybody listening. You can dress up as whoever you want to dress up as, always. Um, but uh, any type of, of face paint that would change Ooh. your skin color is never appropriate. Ooh. Trevor. 
Uh, going as vision. That's why I'm having that paint. (laughs) That's it. That's the only thing. There's really no, I mean, I I actually had a friend of mine is a cosplayer, and she's a a woman of color. So we've had this discussion. She's like, no, you can dress, you know, if you want to be Michonne, who's Denai from, you know, from The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Like, it's an amazing character. You can totally do that. Just don't use blackface. That's the Mm -hmm. only rule. Just don't do that in any case. Don't. Do something like C. Thomas Howell did in Soul Man. Hmm. Let's not uh, let's not talk about the sins of the past. I want to be I want to be the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury. Oh, <laughs> oh, there we Yikes. go. Yeah, but, but the, yeah, but this, the I yeah I thought the it was so cool. It was so colorful. It was such a beautiful, yeah. colorful world. Yeah. All the all the costumes like on the waterfall. You know, everybody mm-hmm. standing was yeah. so beautiful, I, and so amazing. I realized the the second time around how each um, tribe within Wakanda really has their distinct oh yeah color palette. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice it the first time around. And then like oh, okay yeah, like and the river based, tribe is all green and, and based yeah. in actual. Tribes, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was really neat. So, like, what? Okay, so the Black Panther costume itself, I thought it was really cool that they showed kind of the creation of that, um, and I love the way that it absorbs uh, the power, kinetic energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, Frank, what's the hero that we talked about a million years ago that like it, he he absorbs all the power, but then if he doesn't use it up, then he like is all misshapen. Doesn't Red Star like that? Oh, um, he's all misshapen. He's all like, if he like gets hit and hit, then his arm will be all giant and he can't. Oh, strong guy. Strong guy. Oh, yes. okay. Because okay. I mean, um, Sebastian from X- from X- Shaw X- has a similar mm-hmm. power yes. to that. Okay. But yeah, so, he but he's always just absurdly handsome. So. Strong, strong. So kind of reminded me of Bacon that, form. but uh, but it, awesome. Yeah. That it got that it gets to hold all of that kinetic energy and then like fire it back tenfold is cool. Delete that video. Do what? <laughs> that went to Charlie. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So, so what do you guys video. think of the Black Panther suit itself? I, oh, yeah, I guess we got two, but yeah, I, I, I for some reason I like the the helmet on the original one f- more, like the the actual like more helmet style one. Mm-hmm. But I like that they did push the advancement of it and that gave it a really cool power that nothing else had. And what I was surprised by was, I mean, that was kind of like a in the trailer when he hits the car. I mean, that's like a big money shot in the trailer. I love that Marvel still finds ways to make those moments in a trailer still awesome, actually more awesome when you actually put them in the movie. Mm-hmm. No, I thought the the outfit looked great. I like the more simplistic, solid black look of this new one as opposed to the like body armor of the first one. Mm-hmm. And I also thought the uh, the gold leopard suit looked pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. I love like the face a, on that yeah. one with the fangs and everything. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to say real quick is I love how beautiful this movie was in its scenery and its skies and its spirituality without having to leave Earth. Because other yeah. than Guardians, we haven't really gotten that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like your. Uh, is that uh, a Black Panther that is, Simba? That's right. <gasps> oh, oh my uh, God! All right, guys, we'll put a picture of Frank's shirt up on Instagram. Oh, Link in the description. Patreon. Patreons, you get a shirt. <laughs> and Frank is you born. get Frank's right. shirt. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the in terms of the look, just and this is just a general note to the Marvel Universe films. I feel like ever since Civil War, I feel like I've noticed just like. Like the the fakery of it, like mm-hmm. that they're shooting it in Atlanta. They're not going out, like, uh, and specifically with Black Panther, uh, like as they're fighting out on the cliff, that sequence. It just like the, you just like man, they're just in a studio, and this is all just green screen in the background. And when he's sitting out there having that little heart to heart with his lady friend, and it's just like, 
man, this just feels like we're just in a soundstage and we're and we're doing that. I, I well, like and I'm kind of bummed by that kind of feel and, to it. And the uh, all the uh, Oakland stuff took place in the Atlanta neighborhood of Oakland. <laughs> like it was just clearly like that's ne- I've been to Oakland too. It's like I've never seen a building look like that. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like the layout that you got there. It's like no, that's not Oakland right there. I feel like though that's kind of an ongoing problem with. I mean, I I I, I feel like it's an ongoing problem though with this genre of film across both DC and Marvel. I mean, the biggest offender for me was that fucking cornfield in <laughs> Justice League. It was just the app, because there are cornfields. There are actual cornfields they could have gone to. But I feel like the only film that I haven't really felt that with so much, um, maybe a bit, a bit with Spider-Man, but with um, Logan. Logan to me felt like it was out on location, like in a desert somewhere. But I feel like with every other film, I feel. Do you, is there yeah. like a good well, example for you? Because I feel like with Logan, there was a Fox film, so I, I, in terms of budgets and <clears throat> filming yeah. locations, a little bit different. But like the it's the New York movies of Marvel that don't feel weird. Yeah, because yeah. they, they they like I mean it's also like most of Marvel characters are New York based, but like I didn't feel like necessarily that way with Doctor Strange. Yeah, not so bad with Doctor Strange. I feel like the airport, the, the airport fight in Germany in Civil War, mm-hmm. like the, when they're all out there on the tarmac and stuff, like all of that just feels very fake to me. Uh, like that, the, just the look of it, it just doesn't look. But you guys, so funny because it's like a tarmac. Just like go to a tarmac. Like how how much? Could <laughs> I, like working in production, there's some. I'm like, all right, I get that you probably like maybe wouldn't want to go film this in a rainforest, but like you could go film in a rainforest in Mexico and it wouldn't be like that bad. Go to a tarmac. Go to a cornfield. You know? Yeah, I know. Like, the I the real it. big you, one is go to a goddamn you, cornfield. You can't yeah. go it's to like, space. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I Air travel, all yeah. this stuff. I mean, I to be fair, there, like, yeah. they, they, they couldn't fix a fucking mustache, so they weren't going to be able to do corn very well on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I know there are like people out there saying, that, oh, they're probably using all their A-plus effects artists for Infinity War and not having enough room for all this. So I, mean, I don't know if that's uh, a genuine reason or not. Although they say that Thanos is supposed to be like the most photorealistic character ever seen on screen. I mean, he already looks in the trailer, yeah. and that's clearly not the most polished looks that they have no. on it. He already looks phenomenal. No, I, 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 will, I will agree with you a little bit that there were definitely times in this where you could, it, it did feel a little bit too glossy, and we know too that their suits at this point are completely fake. I mean, that's a problem with Spider-Man too, but I think Spider-Man, it seemed a little bit, a little bit more seamless maybe. In terms of the look of the suit, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe part of the reason I like that the Civil War suit better. Is I think, although a lot of that is digitally enhanced, I feel like it's more of a normal suit they've enhanced. This was just a completely CGI suit. I guess maybe maybe that's why I didn't. I love the costuming so much in this movie because there was only so often that he was in the suit. There was times he was in these beautiful textiles. Yeah, that so textural. Oh like, yeah, like you know, his, his like, jacket in the casino. Yeah, oh, oh that was so, so awesome. cool. And his royal jacket that he's he's rocking a bunch. Uh-huh. That was awesome too. And even when they've like revived him and he's in that like snowy area and he's wearing that like long vesty hood thing. Yeah. I want that. Uh, you know that it. that whole uh, that whole scene. I mean, if that was the moment where the the film felt felt so comic booky to me. Because it's so arbitrary that they have to like go. It's a bad thing. Well, but they go to like Umbaku and it's just by chance. But then it's like, oh, guess what? I also find T'Challa too. <laughs> it's a good thing you guys came here, huh? <laughs> like, uh, all right. I mean, and I guess you have to do it to expedite the plot, but it also felt very just like convenient. 
You yeah. didn't feel like it tied in nicely because he showed him mercy at the beginning of the film? Well, I do like how they treated him because that's Manic from the comics and the look in the comic books is... Uh, yeah. I wish they brought that in. <laughs> <laughs> to see him inside a giant white ape costume. Which would have been more oh, problematic for you, Amanda? For Manape to be done faithfully or Mandarin to have been done faithfully? Oh. Like it feels oh, equally like, problematic. Like that's, yeah. like that's the other thing about this is like, it's, it's great that Ryan Coogler found a good spin on it, but just like... There was some shit created in the 60s that does not ever deserve to see the light of day. And Man-Ape is one of them. Also, now that Cameron's pulled up the picture, it's also just like, that's not even an original design. How many Marvel characters generally look like that? That's absolutely terrible. (laughs) A big hulking man with some, like, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, Gibbon? Yep. Um, kangaroo, like there's a bunch of that. Like he yeah. looks like a few Spider-Man villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like kind of along those lines. That's why I was. Oh Jesus, that's really bad. I, that's why I was surprised when I asked my friend, like, well, what was Black Panther like when he was introduced back in the '70s? Because I was worried that it might have been a little bit black exploitation. Because we saw that happen in well, the so 60s. Ma- oh, the '60s. Excuse yeah. me. I guess that helps that it, it would be then. But it's like I was worried that some of those old stories might be. Well, that's Luke Cage. Yeah, that's why Luke because he was like smack dab in the middle of like sweet sweet bad, yeah. badass song like yeah. the, well, the and, start of that. And that's actually something my oh just so much man ape it's so terrible. It's like this is the like, in the, the description. My my friend was talking about was like what he was excited about specifically with Black Panther was this was like the first black superhero who was coming from a place of like positivity. Like even Luke Cage and I, I love Luke Cage in the show. You know, he still earned his powers when he was in prison. Yeah. And this was the first one. It's like, oh no, he's just in Africa. He's a king. He's badass. It doesn't have all that baggage. Part of it is because it it kind of ignores that history because it kind of has to given that they're isolated. Well yeah, the only reason you can have a problem with his character is if you have a problem with just the idea of monarchy. Like yeah. that's honestly the only like problem with his powers is like Royalty and I was like, man, I don't know about that, but it's yeah. like that's such a nitpicky bullshit thing anyway. So yeah, you're right. It's just such a positive experience and to, and completely, it, it, it's it's basically Wakanda is a place that exists outside of both tr- racism as we as Americans understand it and sexism too. Yeah, because of the equality and uh, gender equality between uh, the sexes in Wakanda, and they and they're the one like the unconquered um, tribe basically mm-hmm. in Africa. And so it's, 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 really, it's really interesting to see how that can elevate uh, an entire people and specifically a character to be free of all that. Yeah. The, the final fight scene between Killmonger and T'Challa, I, I don't know. I feel it like felt it, kind of lackluster for it me. It did. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm ranking it amongst all the other kind of Marvel Universe big bad finale fights, I feel like this kind of goes towards the bottom end. But they brought in a train. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, and even the choreography, like the final moment uh, where he, like the, the dagger gets flipped up in the air and stuff, I just... I couldn't quite understand the geography and the, the whole movement of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, I think the best showpiece was the casino fight. I think that had the most character. It was the most grounded. But Frank um, didn't the most like visual. I liked the casino fight. Oh, you did? Okay. okay. I thought you said you did. I, can we just acknowledge that how weird it is that I'm like the voice of positivity right now? <laughs> is, I'm getting freaked out about I'm, this. I'm actually. proud of you. I think, yeah. I think it's you, like you've a lot had of a us... big character growth over these, over these podcasts. That uh, can't be true. It's like, no, I think right now it's just a lot of us like hearing Frank out and then being like, Maybe, but also. Yeah. No. Yeah. With with the last fight scene, like I feel like they they went over the top. Or not over the top. They they did a great choreography scene when they first fight at the waterfall, and I would have loved for like him to find like a weakness or mm. something that shows that he could have taken advantage then, but he didn't. Um, and so in the last fight, he like he 
went kind of where he wouldn't go before instead of just like, oh, yeah, I I was holding back until you threw me off a waterfall and now I can beat you because trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was nothing that really progressed him anymore between those two fight scenes. So I think well, that's why it, it felt It's all external lacking. stuff too. He's yeah. powered and he's has his suit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe you can make an argument of he's fully realized because he has all this stuff. That they both at that point now have their all their advantages in place. Well, right? I think the the fight for Wakanda, like all the tribes going at it, mm-hmm. set away from the Killmonger T'Challa fight. I think that was the better fight. Oh, I agree. And I yeah. think mm-hmm. that was kind of maybe a little more important too, mm-hmm. because the the tribes kind of uniting and coming back together at the end. Kind of gives you like, okay, yeah, Wakanda does stick together when it needs Wakanda to. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever! <laughs> yes. It was uh, violent for PG-13. It was. Straight it up was. stabs. Yeah. yeah, it was like straight up stabbing and like she got her throat, Wakanda forever and got her throat slit. Oh, but but there, was no, there was no blood. This, my, the... uh, my husband calls that the uh, Mortal Kombat rule. Yeah. yeah. It's like full on throat slit but no blood. So like, we're cool. Yeah, I have but, a big uh, problem with that where it's just like, oh, we're gonna have like, Pretty graphic violence, but as long as there's no blood, then there's like no consequence to violence. It's okay, kids. Just stab whoever yeah, you these want. Aren't They'll real. be fine. I was more. I was just surprised because I wouldn't change anything. If anything, I'd be like, just bump it up a rating and like bump it up a rating and and make it like fully realized Although, violence, I guess. But NC-17. also, it's also one of the yeah, man, hot, hot panther on panther action. NC <laughs> seventeen. Yeah. But yeah, but I also understand wanting to keep it PG thirteen so that like kids could. Come in and see it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. important it, to see a, you know this. Yeah, kind I think of, this movie is very important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe more so than any other Marvel movie. It's important that like there's 13 year olds to go see this. Yeah, but I was I was I was anybody else kind of surprised because I was I was, I was especially like the throat slit. Yeah, that was yeah. A little... I was like, whoo, all right. Yeah, yeah I think uh, the sh- the new show Black Lightning does a really good job of kind of portraying violence in a more real way than mm-hmm. the rest of the Arrowverse shows mm-hmm. uh, because they actually show blood on their show. Oh, and like the bathtub? Yeah. Oh, God. And then even when Luana gets shot in, like, the, the second episode, you see, like, six bullets into her chest with, like... Spoiler alert. Fucking... Yeah, spoiler it's, this is all This whole thing is spoiler alert. Yeah. But I think, like, there yeah, is but... a way that you could add Michael kind B. of Jordan a little bit more violence into it without going so overboard to scare kids and shit. Oh well, I, the because uh, at the end, I, did anybody think for a moment that uh, T'Challa, since they're like the whole thing about like, hey, we're gonna try to help people, we're gonna we're kind of gonna reach out and and try to help people, that he would have tried to heal Killmonger and not I, necessarily incarcerate him, so. but I, at least try to help him rehab him. Yeah, exactly. I, I was really kind of surprised that he just let him die, especially when it was, they made a point of being like of um, white guy, Everett Ever- 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 Ross. Ross, Everett yeah. Ross. Uh, when he was like, you can't, your personal <laughs> the hero. The true hero of the movie, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he was like, you can't, nonsense, like, you can't heal a wound like that in a day. And she's like, here you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would, like, they made a point of pointing that out. So when he was, like, f- still with a knife in him, at I, the end, I was like, well, this is, it's cl- gonna, clearly they're going to heal him. It's easy enough. And he'll be like, oh, we've been fighting and now like we'll have to make our peace and we'll be best friends. I see it more as a tradition thing. Because if you compare it to the, I already forgot his name. Uh, Everett Ross. Yeah, Everett <laughs> Ross. <laughs> of uh, the ape. Um, Mbaku. If you compare it to that, he does give him the option like, don't make me kill you. You still have, like, your tribe still needs you. Mm-hmm. And he gives, um, uh, he gives Michael B. Jordan the option of like, 
I don't want to kill you. And he does say, like, I'd rather die than be in a prison. He does. And, and it so was I a really great line. It's a tradition a great thing. It punches hard, that it, line. It does. But I, but I also, I guess it, it, I was surprised by it, only because they'd made a point of talking about the it, healing powers of that place. And also just like he was moving well enough to get all the way up on top of that cliff for the view. Do, you you know, felt, so. It just felt like it was more his choice to yeah. die than T'Challa choosing to kill him. Yeah. Do you yeah. also think that T'Challa in that moment had like a bit of a combination of like guilt and respect in some weird way for him and it's like, and maybe even recognition like it's probably actually better if he is dead. Like then trying to that, that, well, how I see the tradition a, thing. He yeah. is a yeah. weapon. Well, like, yeah, I mean he's yeah. dangerous. He's I mean just from a purely self perspective, he's incredibly dangerous to have around. Yeah. Um, and then so maybe there's some recognition of like I, probably it's for the best, but also like on some level like I, this is what he wants. Like, you know who wouldn't have done that though? Is Everett Ross. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> he would have thought of a third option. Yeah. Speaking out of turn. Yeah. <laughs> about something that he doesn't really understand. <laughs> Classic white guy move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Trevor. What? (laughs) So where do we think this, I'm just going to speak out of turn and just take it. Yeah, go for it. Um, it. Is there anything else or should we start moving into theories? What does Black Panther 2 look like? Fan fiction? Oh, I was was, was going into Infinity War. Oh, we we could do that too. Yeah, we can get into some White Wolf, some Broken White Boys. Mm -hmm. Um, Did, Did anyone, did people catch that reference the first time? Wait, um, no, uh, when they bring in Ross oh. and Shuri's like, oh, another yeah. broken white boy. It, it completely went over our heads until the very until the second post credit scene. I'm like, oh shit, she's talking about yeah. white. Uh, Only because we it. had literally watched Civil War oh, right okay, before. That would make sense. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I didn't catch it, but it frozen. still made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I because was like, <laughs> I don't get it, but, <laughs> but still, it's still a great right. line. Yeah. Oh, uh, As a broken white boy, I'm like, I understand where she's coming from. <laughs> Before we discuss the ending, uh, let's discuss something else about Everett Ross's Black Panther film. Uh, and that's uh, Claw. I, mean, I hope I, everybody I thought, takes oh, yeah. all of these out of context for you one day when you're famous <laughs> yeah, yeah. or running for office. Uh, and they're going to yeah. be like, listen. Both are incredibly yeah. unlikely. <laughs> uh, well, did you hear yeah, the, the joke that I brought up like four times now? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's which great. I love so much. And it's the token white boys. Yeah. Uh, the the two the two white characters both appeared in a Tolkien film, and so they're the Tolkien yes. white characters. <laughs> and I just love that joke. So I've said that joke like six times I mean, at this it's, point it's a, since it's I saw a, the movie. It's a high quality dad joke, right there. So <laughs> I, I love a good dad joke. So I did like how his arm cannon was realized. It's certainly yeah. uh, from the comic, it's more of just like oh, that yeah. big saucer on the end of his hand. But I thought this is a really cool kind of reimagination. Well, they of tried. Like I, I was looking at my classic thing. I was looking at the art book. Oh, before the record oh, and they had they had some cool yeah oh this is like one of the most beautiful art books that they've done yeah. it's really well done but they had some designs of him with the traditional claw like awesome. it, it seems like the originally what they wanted to do was to have him have a fully robotic like it looked like their original idea was to have him have a fully metal arm and then probably either practicality or artistically they settled in on him having a normal looking arm and how to basically saying they reverse engineered it so it's like we want this and he's going to have a regular hand how does that fit together and so that was where the design sort of came together of just like this reverse engineer of 
these ideas that they had. But yeah, they they tried it and they got a few sketches of him with the traditional like satellite dish yeah. hand oh, and cool. like doing like the <laughs> sort of like look to it. So yeah, they they were trying. They definitely went with it. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I liked his regular arm. Does I it... like it when it just gets like full on yanked out, and he's like, "Oh, well, all right, well, my arm's gone now." Yep. Does does it hurt? It. I still. I've gotten over it a little bit. The fact that it opens up between the fingers, but it's still like there's there's a a, a moment in Jackass if anyone remembers the movie where they do the paper cut between the fingers. And anytime I saw the hand open up, I could like feel that pain coming back. It was like, ugh, I don't want to see, that's not how arm cannons work. You don't open up to the cannon, the cannon is in the palm. I thought it was cool, because there have been so many arm cannons throughout it was a unique yeah. that I, I like. I was like, oh, they came up with a unique design, that's cool. What's well, also just like now, like this is, this year is the 10th ten, year anniversary of Marvel. It's yeah. what, like 19th? Of the first arm cannon in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, the 10 year anniversary of the first arm cannon. But it's like, what, like 18, 19 films? This is 18. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, now we have this, like, now it's not even like addressing like the, the backstory and the comic book stuff. Now we have just weird connections within the history of this. Is like, it was just sort of insane to think about, like, oh, yeah, Claw needs that robot arm because. Uh, Ultron took it from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultron, the James Spader robot, took that arm from him, and that's why he needs his claw arm. It's just like those little weird stuff too is also just in, in, insane to think about. Like it's cool comic book stuff, but it's also just like this is the 18th chapter in a 10-year story. And we have little weird connections like that and realized moments of like, well, we got Andy Serkis crazy... Um, character just in Avengers Ultra, uh, uh, Age of Ultron and now we have fully realized Claw. It's just insane. I, I really loved Circus in this too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He's just so weird. and he's, He seems like he's having a lot of fun playing yeah. this absolutely like, batshit crazy guy. I'm pretty sure that he just started singing Baby Don't Hurt Me and they're just like, we're just going to roll with this. We can, I, we can get licensing for this, no problem. I feel money. like Andy Circus being cast is the biggest dick swing of Marvel. I was like, we're so powerful. Oh, we're gonna fucking get Andy Circus to act like Andy Circus, the mocap guy. Yeah, we're not gonna put him in a mocap suit. Yeah. We're just gonna let him act. Cause fuck it, we're Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> like you want, like Caesar. It's like, the, like I love Andy Circus in a fully like where James Spader does stuff. Mark Ruffalo. It's just like, oh Andy Circus, no, no, you're good. Just be a regular actor. Mm-hmm. We got this. You want me to like be a mo? Uh, like a, a claw? Like a, you want me to be? No, no, no. Your character's name is yeah. Claw. You're a regular person. Use your real accent. Like, can, yeah. <laughs> can I be a CGI real person no. and just be in a mocap suit? Be on the yourself. Side? The first time he's been on screen since 13 going on 30. Oh, great reference. No, uh, no, wait. Was that, I think, wasn't that before? Um, have you seen 13 going on 30? Yeah, I was just going to ask you the same thing. The Prestige. Have I? Hmm? Have I seen it? No. no. Who is he in 13? He's, he's, he's the boss. Yeah, he's the editor. He's the editor. He's oh, Jennifer Gardner's boss. Oh, shit. He's the one who leads the thriller dance. That's oh, right. my god. That made that movie, wow. so, that just makes that movie so much better. Uh, <laughs> Wait, but hang on. Let us not forget that he was in The Prestige as Tesla's assistant. Oh, oh that right. is true. That was my favorite. Very, yeah. very Tesla true. Tesla played by David uh, Bowie. David Bowie. Oh. This is the best. Casting. Classic. Mm-hmm. Casting in this but, was amazing. I don't want to lie. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say, again, classic. Christopher Nolan dick swinging. Yeah. Like, hey, Andy Serkis, hiding my power, gonna do a magician movie, and Andy Serkis is gonna be David Bowie's assistant. Yeah, well, yeah, because you can just, you, don't, 
like Nolan Spielberg or just even like the MCU as a, in general can just like put anyone anywhere and like yeah, yeah I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. I have like three lines. I'm Angela Bassett and I'm just gonna like just mostly just stand around and not say much but, but still be amazing. She did great. No, she's, she's incredible so in it. Yeah, it's like yeah, I mean like, like she's, she's an so incredible actress and I mean she's like what tenth fiddle more or less if you like add up the whole cast. Yeah, she yeah she was like and with like at the very end. Yeah, she was, like, the last person I think. She's amazing. In the, in yeah. the main credits. Like, Forrest Whitaker's in this. I know. Too. Everybody was great. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown in mm-hmm. like a pretty, I mean, an important role, but it's still a pretty small role. Like, oh my God, like they just cast everybody in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Martin Freeman. <laughs> we, we, no, we just spent seven minutes talking about one of the two white guys in the movie. Like, cool. I, that's yeah. what we Yeah, yeah but now we didn't talk about the other one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else. Equal love. Equal love in here. <laughs> nope. You're a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna lose us all of our subscribers. Yeah, Frank or, or gain us some, but probably ones <laughs> yeah, not the ones, not the ones we want. Yeah. I really like that guy's mindset. I gotta to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, we've been we've been talking about like how we feel. Civil War laid a lot of groundwork for T'Challa and his character and everything like that. Everett Ross also debuted in Civil War. Do you feel like they play they paid off a lot of the character beats and arcs that they introduced in Civil War for him? You know, I am I feel like they they this film, I would say this is Martin Freeman's Civil War. <laughs> so they've really teed him up nicely to have his This own. is his okay. winter soldier. Yes. Yeah. This this is now I have a legitimate question about Martin Freeman. Yes. A legitimate question. How now that he's in his second movie and ba- and basically serving the same role how does he compare to Coulson? How does he compare to Phil oh. Coulson? Yeah, you know, I think I might actually be more intrigued by Martin Freeman because I feel like Coulson's biggest hook was, uh, at least, at least initially, it was kind of like the mysteriousness, but then just the fanboyishness of it. I felt like that was the biggest hook. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued more by Martin Freeman's character. I feel like he's a, I think he could be a little bit more rounded, and I feel like we don't. I haven't really scratched a lot of the surface of Martin Freeman. I feel like there's mm-hmm. more stuff. And I'm, and I'm excited for the Marvel Universe to really just focus in depth on him. Uh, so Daniel Kaluuya has had an amazing yeah. yes. like 18 months of his life. Daniel Kaluuya? Kaluuya? Yeah, I'm always afraid I'm going to say his last name wrong. Oh, let's be honest. We're probably pronouncing everything wrong. Probably. Yeah. But not, except Ryan Cooper. So, except Ryan Cooper. <laughs> and Martin Freeman. We yeah, got Martin that Freeman. right every, <laughs> every that time. say terrible things, I think, in general? I, yeah, I, I mean, what a, I'm just, what an amazing, like, 18 months. Oh, no. Like, it's, get yeah. out and with this. Like, mm-hmm. what a, a leap. And so I actually only just like it out for the first time like a month ago. Oh. I, I missed it in theaters and I was really mad that I missed it. And so I, I finally got a chance to watch it. And, and what did you think? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's fucking incredible. I've never seen a movie like that before. And it's it's absolutely worthy of all the praise got thrown at it. But I think that made it hard for me to then watch this because he's so likable in Get Out and mm-hmm. that, that he has kind of like an asshole turn that's just made me sad. Like, no, don't do not do that. But he was made, in the sunken it, place. Don't do that's it. Why. It made me though <laughs> so, like, it made me so, uh, seeing him again, like on a on a big screen, he's just such a great understated actor. Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's all. We just, just he just won a BAFTA him. this past weekend. Did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, Rise at, uh, it wasn't like a, ba- it was it was uh, Rising Star. Okay, like, yeah. It wasn't that, like yeah. directly about like Get Out. It was, but yeah. it was just like recognizing oh. it was like the rise. It's like, I that's mean, a category. Totally worth have. it. He's yeah. like, I was just so, I was so blown away by, I you know, obviously I had problems like we talked about, like kind of issues with the character as far as like what his motivations were, I thought were a little bit weird, but his performance was insane. Well, because I know there's a scene that they shot and they cut where they're, uh, he's talking with Martin Freeman and he starts uh, putting a spoon in a teacup. <laughs> oh, uh, but that didn't make it in. So. Did you see oh. it out? 
I did. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. He doesn't. And you didn't look in the mirror <laughs> yeah. afterwards, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> did you learn nothing? No. Yeah. Going Wait, to so the second place, man. There, nope. <laughs> there is like one. Cause we should probably head towards the end here. There's one thing I do want to mention is that there's been like a little bit slight backlash against this because they removed like the the queer nature of um it's uh Akoya and Ao Ayo. So the, like the two of the the guards in the uh-huh. comics are in a lesbian relationship and they cut that out of there. And I'm obviously a huge advocate for like more queer representation and I'm still bugged that Marvel hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. But I will say that although it's kind of sucks they took a queer character and made them not for the movie can we at least just acknowledge that, like, the huge momentum this has made in terms of other forms of representation? So, I, like, I'm kind of just, like, venting my frustration at the backlash <laughs> against this, being like, okay, yeah, it's a legitimate problem Marvel has me to work on that, but can we just acknowledge that this movie has done so many other positive things first? And, like, let's just be like, yeah, could do this too, but, like, let's just say this is really good for what it is. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't know about, I mean, I didn't know about that because I yeah. hadn't read the books yet. I just want to stand up on a soapbox for a couple minutes and well, I think talk that's, about I mean, something but gay. It's that's why we have a podcast. Small. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's the only reason I do this. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, one, it's good to point out that that is a storyline that, you know what I mean, that has been addressed in, this, in the books, which I think is important. And I think that it is also, you know, something to be said. I feel like you have to celebrate your victories where you get them. I think that's exactly it, I yeah. I just had this conversation with somebody about, because they were just mad about, like, well, sure, this person's an, you know, advocate for these rights, but they didn't say enough on this topic. It's like, You're right, like, but they're talking about it. Can we, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, and I know it's, it's like not changed. Not it's going to happen immediately. Exactly. It, it has to be a build up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think yeah. that we can, we can appreciate so. it regardless. I hope that regardless of, of what your feelings are on the film, the problems that you had with it, you know, with its plot, that you can at least um, acknowledge the significance that it has culturally mm-hmm. today yeah. for America's youth today and mm-hmm. hopefully worldwide. Well, yeah, and I, I, so I was driving down Santa Monica Boulevard, and so there's that huge Spotify billboard, like, mm-hmm. right there, and I thought, I was like, it speaks to the impact this is culture having, that it, the whole billboard is just, so it's an advertisement for the soundtrack, which mm-hmm. is amazing, it's cool. and it's yeah. just the necklace, and it just says the album. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, like, already, this is such a huge cultural moment that you don't even have to say, like, oh, it's a Black Panther album. Like, people know what that is just because of, like, the iconography after a very short period of time. That's incredible. It is. They're able to achieve that. And that only happens when you, like, push, like, representation boundaries at the highest level of film production. Mm -hmm. Like, it's important to, like, have smaller movies with more intimate stories that you really need to be, like, trying to speak to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, this validates the value that a movie like Marvel can have on society. And that doesn't, you know, there's value to even big combo movies. They can do something. I love it when it pays off, man. Yeah. I love it like that it's made this much money and has yeah. gotten this much attention in its opening weekend because it's and you, you just crazy. pray and you pray every time that they take notice of that and it's like keep doing it. I like, think keep doing I think they're work. starting to I mean, between Get Out, Wonder Woman, and now Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh right, like people want to see something different and something authentic and genuine. Something that's different, but not even different. They want to see themselves. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, they they just you know. Uh, Different for us. Different, different for, for us. Different. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Different, yeah. For, different for the Marvin Freeman fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Frank. Uh, this was strange to me. <laughs> but don't you, quite. Is he not the hero? Yeah, hold on a second. But different than the He didn't have the redemption. He broke yeah. his back. He had a redemption story. I know, man. I he mean, saved the diamonds. At the risk of his own life. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get, get it. So it's like, uh, rise, or whatever the saying is, I feel like I'm butchering it, but like a rising tide raises all ships or whatever. Yeah, a rising like, tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so it's, it is cool to see Marvel just sort of recognize that like they... Like we were like I was making a joke of like their dick swinging thing of just yeah. like we have all this power and to see them utilize that for something yeah mm-hmm. and because it's like that's like again like it's also cool that it's comic books that are doing this because comic books have always had that root in yeah. them sure. of highlighting the outsider mm-hmm. highlighting um, the people who are strange and who are different. I mean, Peter Parker is the he's the he's the nerd who's the wallflower. He's a professional wallflower. I think is how Stanley first describes him. Yeah, and and then he gets to stand out. And so the fact that comic books get to be leading the charge in that is something because like it's like I I fucking Wonder Woman and Black Panther for me are not mo- my movies. Uh, not to, not to like d- discount it because I'm I'm white and I was like well I can't fucking feel anything for Black Panther but it's it's, it's not they're not meant for me yeah. they're not meant to be my moment they're meant to be people who have never had a moment yeah that's exactly mm-hmm. it but the pride I feel in seeing it is that it's comic books it's coming from this culture that we're all a part of that we all know and also at at, at this time also the same way a lot of other institutions are in America, under attack and being besieged by douchebags. Like, we have, like, as this is happening and comic culture is raising this, we also have the specter of, like, Gamergate and all that stuff and the misogyny that is so inherent in comic books. A movie called Rampage coming out. Yeah. But but it's it's, it's just the fact that, like, that's that's the pride I get to have in it and the pride that all of us get to share in it is that comic books is this form that we love gets to be the the form that gives these people this empowerment, yeah. gives these people their moment. And that's why I'm just like, fuck yeah. Black Panther's doing this. Black Panther's inspiring kids. Black Panther's the one that kids are looking up and just like, like it's that little video that's on Facebook, like, oh, that's me, that's me. I also saw yeah. um, like some teenage girls dressed as, uh, as the Dora Majori. Mm-hmm. Like going to the, it's just like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As comic book characters, as superhero characters, these people are finding empowerment. That's awesome. And it's spreading. I think it's spreading not, I think it's not just the film culture, but it's, you know, it's uh, comic book, the comic book community, I feel like is so much more inclusive than it used to be. And some people still aren't, aren't letting it be inclusive you know um but i've you know i found that's one of the reasons i think that i was interested in even doing the podcast that frank and i do because it's like i'm new and i'm a woman and sometimes i'm the only girl in the store and or in the podcast booth or in the podcast booth um you know but but kind of um I found that, you know, generally speaking, people, if you ask for help and you have these discussions, people now are, are very open to talking about it. They want you to be a part of the discussion. And when I meet people that aren't, those now tend to be the people that are more of the minority and not as welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and now you have books and you have stories about people who uh, are queer, who identify differently, you know, who uh, who are different colors, who are from different places. And, you know, and I, I think that it's it's amazing that our 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 group, our society, this specific nerd society has become a little more inclusive and that drives the inclusivity of other art forms, I think, yeah. too, yeah. which is amazing. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, nerddom should be about embracing things. It should be, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but I think, you know, you get some people who take more of the hipster approach to nerddom, which is that, like, well, I read this before it was popular. It's like, yeah. that's well, great, but now it's popular, which means now we'll get wider distribution, so, like, aren't you happy for that, yeah. you know? But it's also just, like, the, that's the, 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 the dark underbelly of comic books and, and the hero fantasy, the mm-hmm. hero trip can give way to like a darker power trip mm-hmm. of just like, oh, now I'm the one who fucking has the power. Fuck all you. <laughs> and that's also what's cool. That's also what's cool about Black Panther is ultimately, well, like uh, Amazing Messages is his grace. Mm-hmm. Is that he's not acknowledging that Killmonger is wrong or, or, or giving any sort of value judgment on that. He's just having the grace of just being like, well, that's not how wars are won. Mm-hmm. And just even putting that message out there is, is awesome. Well, as it's uh, as we're going build bridges, right? not what does what, what he say? Build bridges, not, not borders. barriers. Barriers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we're, as we're Whoa. talking about, it, it's been it's the 18th film, 10 years going that got on. Deep guys. But you look at the DC; it's been five years. They've got four films out so far, and I think only one that's really, I think, been you know, universally kind of. Uh, well, and, and Marvel's dropping three, two major films and one. Let's be honest, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, fun B-level, at least yeah. in terms of their slate. Yeah. But they're, Marvel's dropping three films this year, and DC is barely squeaking or squeaking in Aquaman before yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. I think Ant-Man and Wasp will be a nice counter-programming to Infinity War. I think it's going to be yeah. so well, yeah, huge. I'm, I'm looking forward nice to, to it. Dial yeah. it back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be like, yeah, let's fucking just chill. Yeah. Like, let's just hang out yeah. in San Francisco Well, because that's what hours. Ant-Man, that's what the first Ant-Man was. Yeah. yeah after yeah. Ultron, it was there just like, we can still be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that you saying that about us or about yeah. I was trying to compliment myself and see if someone was going to jump on. Like, so yes, meta. Cameron. Very funny. Thanks, guys. So I know Put Trevor's... my birthday hat back on. <laughs> Trevor started to ask the question, and I think it's like, where does this, where does Black Panther rank up for you in terms of Marvel slate of films so far? Oh, I, I didn't add it to my list yet. How, That's you a like lot the, of work. I think you're the only one here who actually has a, a <laughs> literal <laughs> list, and you didn't bother adding it to it. Not yet. What are uh, you doing? I want to watch it again before I before I make such a decision. I, I've say, I've damn, I've tried to list. yeah I've tried to change my approach to watching movies to not give like the initial uh, post glow review, or like fair. walking out of the that post movie glow. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, this is a movie that's still kind of setting in for me, and like I'm still processing a lot of what I saw. It's, it's definitely worth seeing twice. Mm-hmm. And after I watched that video about the the casino fight, I wanted to go watch it a third time just for yeah. that sequence just, again. Just to see how like detail, how much yeah. detail uh, he the director puts into that yeah. scene of like, yes, uh, if you look at them from afar, they're wearing the United African flag colors of of she's in red, she's in green, and he's in black. Yeah, and I'm like, that's. I would have never even imagined something like that. Yeah. Bring it back to the costuming yeah. guys. I just so good. I know. There's yeah. there's oh, so much to talk about. But okay, yeah. So Frank, your question of where do we rank it? Um I I've never had a def- definitive ranking. I think for me, and I, I to be fair, I haven't watched in a long time. For me, still Iron Man One is my favorite of all of the Marvel movies. And I still think the best of the origin films. I almost don't count this as an origin film, but I, I would put it pretty high up there. I'd probably put it up in the Okay. Top no. third somewhere. Well, now right we're, there. we're in this week. I was talking about this um, earlier with some friends. Just like now it's like a weird, it's an embarrassment of riches now. Yeah. It's really kind of hard. Just even before Black Panther, like what's the top five? Like, I mean, it's uh, c- Civil War. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Guardian. At least one Guardian. Go- first Guardians. I, yeah, Avengers I have one. My, not, my top five is Winter Soldier, Avengers, Guardians, Civil War, Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that's solid. 
And it's just like it's it, it now it feels like Ragnarok. You, just yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Now it's yeah. now I feel like top the top, your top five Marvel is more just saying more of who you are than Marvel's overall quality. I was just gonna say because yeah. mine is so different than like oh, mine is okay. mine's like wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you are funny. Um, <laughs> Thanks, guys. My, I mean, mine's like Logan. Is on there. Well, still? that doesn't count. That's not, Why not? MCU. MCU. It's a Marvel character, but it's not a Marvel universe. Film. Oh, so I am wrong. Yeah. No, 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 Amanda. Logan if you're wrong, that means Cameron's right, and we can't have that. Okay. So no, you're not okay. wrong. Can't live in that ego, world. Phil. Say <laughs> you just counted Logan. What would be next? Yes, exactly. I mean, I love Doctor Strange. All right. Also, mm-hmm. I thought Doctor Strange was really cool and a lot of fun. Um, and I love the Guardians movies. And this, I thought for me, as far as like, oh, I want to see that again. Nice. nice recovery. <laughs> the I'm Wonder Ninja. Woman no, reflexes. Yeah. That. It is a vibranium uh, sweatshirt she's wearing. Yeah. Damn, that's true. Um, thank you for not yelling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, guys. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, but I thought as far as like general watchability. For me, like discounting all of the 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 importance of this film culturally, like I'm just pulling that out of it, and just like the amount of fun I had watching it, it's right up at the top for me. I had a great time yeah. watching this. I had the type of fun watching this that I have watching the Guardians movies, mm-hmm. which is that I just I'm like jamming along to the soundtrack and I'm like wanting to fight in my seat. It's that, fun. There was a, a small moment at our theater as we were leaving. There was uh, I couldn't tell if someone brought a speaker or someone brought an actual tribal drum. But as we were walking out, I heard like the music playing uh, as we were like getting our ticket. I missed that entirely. There was like music playing, and there was like a whole group that was like dancing along to it. And I'm like, that is what I want in a theater experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drums playing in the middle of your movie? Not no, in the no, middle. Of it. No, no. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one. That, that was a, a critique that I I had not not to like any sort of thing, but I'd forgotten about it. It was just like I kind of wish it was a little bit more Guardians in in respect of utilizing the soundtrack in the film because that soundtrack is fucking. Awesome, and the fact that it was more score heavy than utilizing that soundtrack, I was not. It it didn't like change the experience. It was just sort of like, damn, I wish that was more utilized. But so that's the one thing I'm hoping for in two. Yeah, is that the soundtrack, the 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 sound that they uh, curate there is utilized a little bit more in the film because that it's awesome tracks on it. They only use like the 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 lead single, the weekend and Kendrick Lamar, Mm -hmm. Pray for Me. As they're entering the casino, that was seemed to be it in terms of mm-hmm. utilizing the soundtrack. For well, then it. obviously uh, our um, bonus song. Yes, uh, right. Yes. Hear it in yeah, the yeah, third yeah. Post credit scene. Yeah, and then the yeah the closing credit scene, like all the stars. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I wish yeah I wish we got to hear a little bit more of that soundtrack in the film itself. Although that score is fucking incredible, though. Yeah, I've been listening to it on repeat for about yes. three days. I'm doing a, uh, a Martin Freeman cut of the film. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll show you guys. It's 13 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are really going to reevaluate some of this stuff. Yeah, you'll put up on your shelf along with the uh, all-male cut of The Last Jedi, right? Yep, yeah. Yeah. guys. It's good stuff. Amanda never wants to talk to you again. I'm just embarrassed for you. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just hoping that people... Did. It, you have to run with the, the bit. This is their first time listening to us. I'm just have you Have you finished your joking. Stallone cut of Creed yet? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Frank, how many movies do you think you have to cobble together in these various cuts to make a full feature length? Because what, like Ooh. Last Jedi is like thirty minutes. Yeah. This the Martin Freeman would probably be about fifteen generous. Yeah. The Stallone Creed twenty. 
Like, I, I mean, how, how many see, how many so movies do you have to cut together to make a full movie to ultimately you make enter your point? Into the alt right film festival. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I saw the submissions. Uh, yeah. The window is uh, it's South by so. South Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget his all male cut of Wonder Woman too. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> Uh, uh, Amanda's now laid her head down. That's true. Isn't it? Uh, isn't that just the Chris Pine ass shot? I take back my. I would watch that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to be fair, right. technically I, watch, I have that cut as well. So. I would watch uh, that film. Can I? Can I ask one more question before we wrap everything up? Uh, where is the Soul Stone? Oh, I, I was glad other than the Bucky thing, we did not get any mm-hmm. other large. Yeah, I was glad we didn't. That. Um, well, Chris and I were joking afterwards that I was really hoping that Bucky had the Soul Stone as his new arm. <laughs> no, and he's just like walking around like white chocolate, just like in Wakanda. It's like, oh, it's oh, Bucky. Yeah. He's got the Soul Stone. Because <laughs> <laughs> since so much action is that, is it because it could be a location for the Soul Stone? And it, just because it wasn't addressed in Black Panther doesn't mean it's not there. Right. Or is it just like the vibranium resources is something that Thanos is kind of coveting? I see it as the, um, that's what takes him to the ancestral plane. Is the Soul Stone like it? It's something to do. Like maybe it was in the meteorite. Oh, um, and I don't know. Well, I, no, I I, because like the like the <laughs> flowers and stuff that grow from that. it. I mean, they're I, I don't know what color the Soul Stone is. Uh, is it it's yellow? Gold? Yeah. yeah, yellow gold. Uh, what's well, but uh, the mine yellow, yellow is gold. Um, well, it's like orange then. I mean, because the mine stone is yellow, like bright yellow gold. So I think this one's orange. Yeah. So we've had. Uh, time is green. Mm-hmm. Uh, space is blue. The tesseract. Aether is, is red. red. It's a reality, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, power is purple. Power's purple mm-hmm. And the mind is yellow. yellow. So yeah, orange would be yeah. orange the last one. Roy Biv. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I see. Love that guy. I could also have be see it being a situation where they find the soul stone somewhere else and mm-hmm. they realize that they have to find some place to like have a standoff against Thanos and they choose Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I guess that being a thing too, because they have the resources. Because just like everyone there's a badass. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, maybe it feels yeah. I guess if they're opening up their borders to other people's troubles, it's not just uh, it's all of Earth that's in it's danger. Now intergalactic troubles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, what we saw in the trailer. I mean, we see War Machine, we see the Hulk, we see of course uh, Cap and Bucky, Falcon and Falcon. Do we see any Scarlet Witch? Uh, not Scarlet Witch. Sorry, um, we see Black, Black Widow. Widow. Black, Black Widow. Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody else making it over there to Wakanda? Well, um, Hulk. that's or right, you said Hulk, right? Yeah, yeah Hulk's mm-hmm. down there. So, and well, what's interesting though is that Marvel does have a history of just editing their trailers, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like in Thor: The Dark World, obviously, or not Dark World, in Thor: Ragnarok, Ragnarok, he had both his eyes, or they also edited in Hulk onto the bridge, so they had all four of them there together. They, they edited Spider-Man out, out of, of all Civil of War, the Civil yeah. War trailers. Um, so yes, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see like how much they're holding back. I'm actually glad they do that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like. Mm-hmm. Like oh, false advertising. No, like you're holding stuff back so we can yeah. like still be surprised. Mm-hmm. That's, that's especially that's the in an era. Way. Yeah, especially yeah. in an era where I am definitely guilty of this, where we do go frame by frame in those trailers to try and find just like the tiniest. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about the Ready Player One trailer, Cameron's happy to answer all those for you. But because so. I, I, I'm done with those articles where so did Marvel just accidentally spoil? Infinity no, War? absolutely not. Like, no, no, there's there's no, so, no. so far ahead. Yeah. Maybe Lego on occasion yeah, I was does. Yeah, Marvel And even does. then, like they're all like they're skewed off a little bit. Like yeah. they did some things, like the Giant Man reveal that was in the Legos before we ever got it. But yeah, sometimes they're still wrong a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like we. Oh, 
I just total side note, Chris and I have been watching a lot of Dragon Ball Super theories, oh. and those motherfuckers are oh. off 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that show is so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, uh, Amanda. No, I was just going to say, so we're kind of wrapping up now, and people are going to be like, when are you guys going to be doing this again? And oh, you sent around a list yeah, of all of the different things that we'll be covering 11. in 2018. We've got 11. a lot. You guys are going to have a lot of love from us uh, this year. So... Uh, we did Black Panther today. We've got Avengers 3, Deadpool 2, Solo, Incredibles 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Teen Titans Go to the movies, Woo! <laughs> Venom, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Into the Spider-Verse, Woo! and Aquaman all the way in December with their one DC I, film. There I'm, predict- I'm predicting right now Venom is going to be the one I can't stand. That's your prediction? Yeah. Okay. I so uh so yeah. one of the podcasts that we listen to post rip off that we rip off yeah. post the question show or the the uh the premise of show the Venom trailer to someone who doesn't know it's a superhero film and ask them what they think the movie is. And I did that with my mom last night. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen the Venom trailer yet. It's okay. terrible. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where where did the text go? Um I asked her what she, th- what she thinks the movie is. She says, some kind of poison turns humans into demons. She's not far off. No. But it shows that that trailer does not do justice. Because I also don't say the name of the movie at the end. Yeah. You see the face. V? And for, and for people who yeah. don't know what Venom looks like, they're not going to understand that. And then it turns into a V. And then it goes to the Then the it's like, well, like, hashtag Venom. Aren't we also oh. kind of inundated with Venom? As someone who I can't like, has, a, I think we've talked about this maybe, which is why I'm feeling like this, but I'm like, someone who has not seen the trailer and doesn't know even like, I haven't sought out information on Venom. I'm kind of like, I'm so tired of Venom. I feel like Venom is everywhere. I don't know why, no. though, I feel that way. I feel like Venom has like a lot of swag and pops up in like all of these different stories. And I'm just like, I don't care. He's, he's basically a, a, a nether version of Punisher. Like in mm, sense yeah, of the brandability for like the hardcore people, mm-hmm. like the the heart, yeah, yeah, lethal protector. Like that image is like a Punisher level for violent people. But doesn't he look like he's the one that looks like Spider Man, but dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, black wow. and white suit. Wow, we just talked for forty uh, hours, <laughs> forty five minutes. It's just like he looks like Spider Man, but dark. Come on, Amanda. Mm. Wow. Would Everett Ross say something like that? Isn't, no, isn't Venom the <laughs> yeah. one? Isn't Venom the one who's in like emo Spider Man movie? Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's yeah. No, so he's it's entirely. a spider suit. No, it's like a black and white spider I, I suit. I think we. And he's got long tongue sometimes. In yeah. Comic books. I think we can all agree that we're looking forward to Venom being the Justice League of 2018. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Although Tom Hardy is better casting than Tover Grace. Agreed. I understood, oh, I understood at the time why they cast Tover Grace as like a, a dark devil. Yeah. Like he looks like anti Toby Maguire, but like Tom Hardy looks a lot no, more I mean, like Eddie Brock. Perfect casting, just probably the wrong movie for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we've seen happen a number of times. But I just want this to do poorly so that Sony realizes like, no, we just need to work with Marvel. We don't mm-hmm. want yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole other thing. Although, I mean, the, the contrary point to that though is that I'm super excited for End of the Spider Verse, and it looks really good. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna go home and watch all these trailers because I haven't seen most of these trailers. You haven't seen Into the Spider Verse trailer? Oh, that's a great, that's a, oh, like, that a legitimately great trailer. Yeah. yeah. And also just like the animation style, it's like so looks really almost fantastic, yeah. almost like stop motion mm-hmm. in it. it. Like, yeah, I'm super stoked for it because yeah, we get Miles Morales. Basically, like, with the exception of Aquaman, we get to bookend this. Um, year with powerful black superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really cool to see. It's like, honestly, like, Miles Morales has been the most interesting Spider Man since he debuted. Peter Parker has, like, 
Homecoming has been the most interesting I've ever been in Peter Parker in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. Like Miles Morales and getting to see him exposed to a larger audience is going to be so I love him. Did I I bring up... Yeah, he's mine too. I've read more Miles Morales Spider-Man than I have of Peter Parker (laughs) Spider-Man. Did I bring up my, my racist movie theater moments? With the should, drum. Should we end the podcast with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fighting so hard against Frank this whole time. <laughs> it, it's not a personal one. It's what I experienced in the theater. I saw. I've seen the trailer three times in the theater now. Uh, For Spider Verse. Yeah, into the Spider Verse trailer, yeah. and two times uh, I've had the almost the exact same comment happen behind me of when Morales takes his takes the mask off, and the guy behind me goes, "Wow, so Spider Man's black now." And I'm like, I just, uh, can, we just can, can I just like, <laughs> if Cameron wouldn't let me sit next to him at the movies, I wouldn't have to make my snide comments behind him. Uh, and I just want to like, can we just like, just not make it a, it's, it's, it's a different character. You see the the tombstone of Peter Parker before that, just like. Spoiler alert, a minute. Sorry, Peter Parker's dead. Oh yeah, no, I, I actually knew that one. Okay. But yeah. it's in a different universe. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. Yeah. This is a Miles Morales books that I've read. It's like he's dead, but he's like maybe not dead because he comes from a different universe. Mm-hmm. Different that is Earth. correct. Yeah. 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 The whole Spider Verse. In fact, see? I know things yeah. about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but no, I'm. Snapchat I am <laughs> really excited for the movies we got coming out this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're coming back in May. So we I think our longest gap actually is between now and Infinity. Oh, because after that it's gonna be like every week. Yeah, pretty it's much. Be yeah. It's, it's gonna be pretty frequent. But I'm excited about it, guys. I always we love doing these with you all. So. For all of us, we should get movie pass. Do you guys have, mm-hmm. you guys have have it yet? I have movie pass. Oh, I have movie pass. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been following yeah. your yeah. wonderful. Frank and I should get movie <laughs> oh, no, pass. Oh no, I have. I have one more. Okay, first of all, let me just say, fuck movie pass and everyone who runs it. Okay, never mind. I'm not movie pass. Like. <laughs> They're garbage people who who have a fucking garbage system. Um, but I have one more spot in my. I might be charged sooner than I need to be. Has it has yours not arrived yet? Oh no, it has. It okay, has. Okay. It has. I have my card now, and I've seen some movies. But currently, I have one final like bullet in the chamber that I'm that might fucking go off. It sucks. Movie Pass is awful. Mitch Lowe is the guy who fucking owns it, or is like the majority shareholder. He's a piece of shit. Okay. Um, I hate that guy. The views expressed by <laughs> Trevor Reed. <laughs> <laughs> These are solely my own and Chris Fimbres's <laughs> opinions. <laughs> Podcast of two world, ride or die. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, your car's going to be deactivated they, they, they don't even know because they've now people, we, all of our listeners, because this is going to be downloaded on all of our channels, they yeah. might have lost some business you know, with Movie Pass. Yeah, well, I, we but I was trying gonna... to get a sponsor. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, Amanda, I think you can confidently say that you're the only person coming to this podcast who hasn't like developed grudges with some <laughs> member of the audience at this point. That's right. Uh, well, just just with the alt right, probably. <laughs> oh, that's true. But they I mean, are not. They don't like me. Yeah. Uh, and some uh, some men don't either, which is fine. Yeah. Sorry, let me rephrase Guys, that. You, right. Yeah, you're the only person who hasn't developed grudges with other people. Oh, so yeah, I yeah. try. They're not people. But if Frank's try. gonna keep catering, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the only reason is because I I work with this guy on a regular basis, so I gotta keep our I gotta be the voice of, of sympathy. That's true because I'm burning this thing down He's around. Burning us. it down yep. to the ground. Classic no. killmonger. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like that's gonna do it for this uh, hot crossover episode of the uh, the novice and Frank, the podcast with two worlds and Tim Talk. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to, uh, if you want to find out why specifically Trevor's so mad at Movie Pass, you can reach out to him. Uh, at Trevor Copter is my personal one, and Chris Fimbres will give us our uh, Twitter handle for our show. P O two W underscore Flash. 
And again, this is the podcast of Two Worlds, starring Chris Fimbres, featuring <laughs> Trevor Reese. Uh, if you want to find out um, why Tim Talk is maybe pro Movie Pass, uh, and also yeah. hear more about uh, a Disney World experience, you can reach out to these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. And and where can they find the podcast, Cameron? Uh, if uh, if you have to correct us about something, which happens on most episodes, you can email us or tweet us or I or slide into our DMs at uh, <laughs> at Tim Talk Pod on all of the above. You did it. I did it. Did I never it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Getting a little blue step sometimes. Uh, and you can reach out to me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. What has been like the just the meanest or most petty correction you've ever received about any of your episodes? Um, oh, it's a Chris I question because I don't read them. Yeah, he, doesn't, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do shit. Um, actually, you know what? I don't, we haven't had any like n- negative like criticism started us. Everyone's actually been really nice. Nice. You just I, jinxed it. Yeah. yeah, you're getting oh. so much hate. Oh, that's this fine. I, I I love it. Just throw throw it at me. I throw really negative things at me. I'll, I'll cry myself to sleep at night. And I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I wake up in the morning feeling so refreshed. No, like, I think the the worst we got was we had someone uh, ask us to include timestamps on our YouTube channel. And they just asked it in like a a, a non polite way, just like a terse way, but it wasn't even like. They were still like, okay, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. So everyone's been really nice, actually. But please break the trend to someone. Amanda, uh, I know that they're going to want to reach out to you to probably give you a lot of sympathy after this episode. But where where can they send their condolences? Uh, Cards, flowers, and chocolate uh, may be sent to me at comicbooknovice on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, If you want to talk to Frank and I, please feel free to recommend. We love getting recommendations. It keeps us reading. Um, At the noviceandfrank at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If they want to yell at Frank, find out if Frank is really a good person raising a child in this world or if he's all that he sounds like he is in this podcast, you can reach out to him directly. Uh, spoiler alert, I am a garbage person. Uh, but you can uh, find out about all that garbageness at Happy Go Jackie. Yeah. I'm not sure if you, I mean, I don't want to say you are a garbage person, but I have never heard you refer to your daughter by her that. name, <laughs> only the jerk. Well, true. I, Chris actually got to hear I, the real name. Yeah, I know, but I won't be like, oh, hi, I've heard so much about you. You're the jerk. I'm like, I can't say that. Like, that's not how this works. Well, if we say it out loud, do you like beep it like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she was here earlier tonight. Uh, she met Chris. Yeah. And, uh, came oh, out. I thought you met Uma Thurman for a second. <laughs> Uma Thurman was here, guys. She was here. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, she raged she and she rampaged. That's true. Yeah. She pulled out that sword and she went to town. I've met your mm-hmm. kid. Uh, yeah. You met the jerk? She's great. I met the jerk. Yeah, yeah. That's right. She's great. You don't even know her real name. I do, actually, but I don't want <laughs> to say it. We're going to keep it secret. Yeah. 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 I will it's forget real. to beep it out. There you go. Yeah. Every episode, I'm like, oh, I'll cut that out later, and I never remember, so they're <laughs> all uncut unless we have a technical difficulty. Uh, so I guess you know, we've reached the end of the episode, guys, and I know, uh, you know you, as much as you love singing the first part of the episode, <laughs> we get to close it out with a song. It's our closing look at, number. Look at these smiles. This one's Cameron. Oh. I've never seen him smile brighter. <laughs> Look at him go. All right. Get ready for this one. Uh, turn your volume down to start with this. <laughs> Vibranium! <laughs> Martin Freeman is the best thing. He's about, a hero. <laughs> about Frank's movie, but for the rest of us, there were a lot of other high points. But mostly Martin Freeman. <laughs> We had a suit made out of vibranium. Kinetic energy explodes. Sometimes purple veins rolling through it with the energy. I drink a mushed up flower and I get strength. Oakland! (laughs) 
<laughs> it's an ode to Oakland. Oakland! Chris Lord Solo. I like the spears, guys. <laughs> so many powerful women throwing their wigs and hitting with <laughs> shoes, but driving without them whenever the chance came up. To take a river. Wakanda forever! That's right. Wakanda forever. Thanks for listening to us. We are the Navis, Navis and, and Frank and Tim Talk and the podcast of Two Worlds. Guess what's cooking at the Nerdic School Network? It's, it's Foodie, Foodie Call. Call! A new podcast hosted by Omar Nava. And Kylie Hodges. Join us every Tuesday as we interview a hilarious guest to discuss their favorite food, and we ask, what's your secret sauce? In cooking, in life, or in whatever. And you especially don't want to miss Omar's weekly grocery flyer rundown. Seriously, how pissed would you be if you missed a killer meat sale? So go and subscribe to Foodie Call wherever you get your podcasts. Want to nominate a guest for the show? Just go to foodiecallpodcast.com. Okay, come on, we gotta go. Where? There's a meat sale. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.